Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Spider-Man wasn't attacking the city. He was trying to save it. That's slander. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken. In print, it's libel. You don't trust anybody. That's your problem. I trust my barber. What are you, his lawyer? Get out of here. Let him sue me. Get rich like a normal person. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you war shack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing. Welcome too. to episode 27 of the Underground uh, for what was this August 30th, 2021. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, I guess we should mention before we kind of get started. This literally happened right before we were recording. Uh, according to some Department of U.S. intelligence, the the president or yes. whoever we General are, McKenzie. Yeah, okay, we are officially out of Afghanistan, which is, like, mostly true and sort of weird. It feels very sudden for them to just be like, all right, we're done. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. No heads up. Not th- oh, yeah, 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 we're out. Congratulations. Yeah, it's like... Even though we left behind under 200 Americans and... Uh, some dogs. Uh, some dogs. <laughs> I know we're out. Oh, man. Screw them. We're leaving. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into the, to some of that a little bit later, but uh, Joseph, how are you doing? Oh man, I'm doing well. Good. I'm tired, but I feel like I was born tired. So, yeah, that's how it goes. It's uh, you're not 30 yet, right? No, I am 30. When did you was are you act like 30 on the dot basically? Yeah, I'm 30 okay. on the dot. I turned 30 this past February. Okay, I don't know why I, I didn't think so, but yeah, it's it's something that happens. I think when you get in your 30s, where you're just sort of like, ugh, like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Just, you just again. have those moments. <laughs> oh, man. Um, How have you been, man? Oh, not bad, not bad. Um, catching up on... I mean, we're going to... We'll, we'll talk about Marvel soon, but I just catching up on some TV because I, I kind of took the weekend off from doing a lot of stuff. Had to get away from Twitter and all the garbage wow. on the internet as much as I could. If um, it wasn't for this podcast, I would not have Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. And when I, I didn't I think, before we started this, when I didn't have Twitter and Instagram, it was so nice. I know. And now I have everything and I look at it way yep. too much. <laughs> yeah. It really uh, is difficult not to. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so just doing that, I uh started rewatching I I always I don't do this show justice when I when I talk about it because I've tried to watch mm-hmm. it three times now. Like I'm on my third attempt. Uh, Outer Banks. No, 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 no. I took a break from that. I finished season one of that, and I'm like, all right, I I, I I'm good for now. Um, I started watching the show Dark. Uh, it's a German mm-hmm. sort of sci-fi ish. I know what you're talking about. Well, actually, it's very sci-fi. It's not sci-fi ish, but it's uh, it's pretty great. I'm only on like episode three of the first season because uh, it's a pretty slow burn at first. And I always have this tendency of watching stuff like that when I'm in bed before I go to sleep 
And I'm like, oh, I'll mm-hmm. get like one or two episodes in. It'll be fine. And then I start nodding off a little bit because you're having to read subtitles and it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a slower plot, which isn't bad. But when I explain this to people and I'm like, yeah, I haven't been able to get through the second episode because I keep falling asleep. I'm not doing the show justice when I say that. I feel like people are like, wow, it must be really boring. I'm like, it's not. It's actually really good. I just it's it's always been that way. Uh, When I was in high school, I used to watch a lot of anime and it was all subtitled. Like I refused to watch it in like an American uh, dub. And I would fall asleep all the time in the middle of stuff. uh, Just it's difficult to watch some of it. And when it's dubbed. Yeah, it's like reading and then you just get sleepy. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. That's man. what I've been up to. I, one of the things that I like about talking to you about stuff, and I know we're gonna talk about it later, but I'll watch a trailer and I'm like, and then I'll hear people around me praising the trailer, and I'm like, am I the only one that's that <laughs> thinks like this? And, am I am I the one that's weird? <laughs> yeah. No, I I think people think I'm I'm just like down on everything. Yes. But that's not really the case. No. It's it I it's just I'm passionate about stuff and uh, you know I think a lot of this we've talked about this plenty of times on the show I just think there's so much garbage coming out right now I don't know what happened to yep. like, good writing and the people who actually know how to even outline a story at this point uh, it's it's insane to me um, so before we uh, start diving into all these topics that we've got mm-hmm. today uh, Joseph why don't you tell everybody how they can support us and where they can find us and all of the, the that fun stuff. All right, everyone. So th- what we like to utilize on our podcast is a value for value system. So whatever value you're getting out of our podcast, you can uh, donate to us in the form of your time, your talent, or your treasure. So your treasure is obviously crypto or uh, American dollar donations. And we have our PayPal uh, account set up. You can see in the show notes or uh, you know, and that can be anything from if you feel like it's only worth five dollars or five thousand dollars, whatever <laughs> value you think you're getting from me and David. Then the other thing uh, that you can do is donate your time and your talent. And that can be in the form of if uh, you want to send us clips or news stories that you think are interesting and you want us to cover. If you're good at audio editing, um, video editing, if you're good at uh, let's see what else is there artwork and you want to do any cover art for us. Those are some general things and much more that you could do. Uh, But the best thing that you can do is share our podcast. Mm. Uh, So share it on social media, everywhere, text it, send a uh, pigeon mail, whatever you can do to share our podcast. That is literally the best thing because it increases our audience. You know, the more that people share it, the more it reaches. And and that is a goal of our podcast is to reach people. Uh, So, the other thing you can do is you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok as well now. Yeah. I'm on the way to giving <laughs> oh, China Lord. my information too. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube and Odyssey as well. So uh, feel free to interact with us. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell and comment. And yeah, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you're listening to this, don't forget to download the episode on whatever platform you're listening to. And also consider... Switching over to a new platform, you can. I, I think I'm, I'll, I'll. If I remember this week, I'll try to put it in the show notes, just the podcasting2.0.com or whatever the the website is that Adam Curry has for all of the the different platforms that you can do uh, alternate uh, podcast links mm-hmm. or uh, not links, but uh, just alternate podcast sources. 
Um, it's podcastindex.org, right? Uh, that is, that's like the main thing. That's how you can find podcasts uh, associated with Podcast 2.0. Okay. Uh, but he has something specific that has all of the the different types. It's how I found like Podverse and Playapod and all that. Oh, okay. I need to, I need to figure out what it is. But consider switching away from uh, Spotify and uh, Amazon and, yeah, and yeah, iTunes. And Amazon. I don't even know. I think we're on Amazon. Nobody listens to us on Amazon, so it's... Not that big of a deal. But, I know. Uh, anyway, man, uh, are you ready to to get into this? Let's dive into it, man. Okay, are you ready for this first? Uh, I'm as ready <laughs> as I'll ever be. Clip? I'm excited. I haven't oh, seen it. Lord. Okay, hang on. Let me make sure the audio is good on this. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> I'm just going to play the clip for you. Do it. <laughs> oh, no. It's in the wrong. Oh Lord, hang on. I'm, y'all. I totally just messed that okay. up. We can we can add it over this. That up. No. Information now. Also. Seriously. While well, you're okay, okay, working okay, on okay, that. okay, you got it. You ready? You're yeah. Ready? Okay. Oh my Lord, dude. I'm ready, David. We are having some technical having difficulties. Some this is what happens when we actual, do it live like this. Yeah, this is some actual stuff. You run into problems like this. But while you're talking about that, some crazy things have been going down this week. Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul fought last night, and Tyron Woodley should have won. I thought he did win, but at the same time, he didn't output enough volume, and that was the main determining factor. It's not even so much that Jake Paul was the better boxer. And again, it's not saying that there's this huge gulf and skill and everything. Just that the same thing that caused Tyron to lose his, you know, three out of his four UFC fights, last UFC fights, uh, was him being too gun shy and not pulling the trigger and just go, man. Like, especially when he, uh, rocked Jake Paul hard and he just didn't, press it in and I get like you're worried about getting knocked out and stuff but man you gotta go for it yeah I I can't stay up late enough to watch that's those fights anymore anyway I, I I was in bed yesterday and I was like oh the fight and I was like uh I'm going to bed <laughs> I was like yeah, I'll, I'll catch the call. highlights on Twitter yeah the thing I hate though is the stuff on Twitter the way it should be set up is hey here's who won the fight Yes. Hey, here's some commentary from some sources from Twitter. It's just such a mess all the time. I had to scroll down through like 20 posts before I found someone that was like, oh, Jake Paul won by decision, by split decision. Yeah. Uh, and then I, because I asked you, that's why I sent that to you is because I was like, no one's talking about who won. I just, I want to know that before I look into all of the, the, uh, the opinions commentary. and what happened. And yeah, I just want to exactly. know. All right. Are, are you ready? I, yep. I, I finally, I, I fixed it. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, gotta breathe. Um, I think I fixed it. Yeah, here we go. Did you fix it? I thought I fixed it. Nothing's oh. pulling up on my screen. I, I know what I did. This is uh this is something I'm going to have to remember for for next time. Okay, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. 
have new information now also on the plane crash. KTVU has just learned the names of the four pilots who were on board the flight. They are Captain Sum Ting Wong, Wee Tu Lo, Ho Li Fook, and Bang Ding Ao. The NTSB has confirmed these are the names of the pilots on board Flight 214 when it crashed. We are working to determine exactly what roles each of them played during the landing. It's <laughs> a real report. <laughs> oh man, dude. Uh, was there supposed to be a video with that? I didn't see it. You didn't see the video. Was... Yeah, it's just a picture nah. of their names. Um, I guess it's it's only sharing my the one screen for you or whatever. But yeah, oh, I, it's man. it's. I wanted to highlight that for 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 two reasons. One, it's hilarious. That it's like the captain's name is something wrong. <laughs> we too low. <laughs> and uh, it's it also shows just how stupid. The yeah, media how stupid is. the media has a tendency to be, and that they take everything. You didn't even know when she was like reading it. Surely, like by the third one, you would have realized. She well, yeah, the third one. She goes, uh, "Holy fuck." And you, something in her had to go like, what? Wait, <laughs> gotta what was finish the last it. One? Gotta be professional. I don't remember the last one. <laughs> uh, bang, ding, ow. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh dude, that's almost as good as this next clip. Um. Oh wait. Okay. Let me. Move a couple things around. Oh, man. Gotta love the media, man. Just, uh, I mean, classic stuff, man. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got. Wrong. We do. Holy fuck, <laughs> dude! I've been waiting to like. I, I actually got that from Nerdrotic. I was listening to him and uh, who was it? Uh, uh da -da -da -da. oh, heel versus babyface. He's like. British yeah. or whatever you know who I'm talking about right and yeah. they, they do their show or whatever and he he was like oh he was like yeah you've never heard the like the plane crash report or whatever and he played it and I just started dying I was like we are absolutely I was put I'm putting this in the show oh dude <laughs> you should do that in the uh, intro <laughs> <laughs> I might have to I don't have anything yet for it so that that might work out really well um all right uh. do you want to set up this next clip yeah, so uh, old Jen Saki is talking about the pandemic that we are in, yet that's not what she calls it, David. Mm. And uh, last time we heard from her in this podcast, she was saying, I believe it was that the, the vaccines will kill people. Okay, you ready? Yeah, oh, yeah, she, yeah, she's always stumbling over that stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. I just wanted to give us a preview of the president's upcoming meeting with the Israeli prime minister. And if we can expect any announcements on the reopening of the Palestinian oh, sure. in Washington and the consulate in Jerusalem. <laughs> and if not, what's the status of those projects? Sure. Um, I know we did a briefing call to provide a preview of that um, last night or I believe yesterday at some point in time. Uh, I will say that the president's looking forward to welcoming 
uh, the Prime Minister, who's already in town, as you know, having a variety of meetings today. Uh, I would expect, uh, we expect their conversation to be wide-ranging, to cover a range of topics of mutual interest, everything from uh, COVID-19 and uh, our efforts to address the global pandemic to regional security issues, which could include a range of topics, uh, including security within Israel, as well as, um, uh, you know, Iran and other issues of mutual concern. Um, and I expect we'll have a readout once the meeting concludes of anything coming out of the meeting. She I am telling you, she said pandemic. She did. Oh, she absolutely said pandemic. And it's, it's really funny because the oh, truth man. wants to she, come out. I, yeah, she's, uh, she's actually a conspiracy theorist. It's, it's yeah, like, it was like a secretly. signal, right? <laughs> yeah. She's like signal. Oh, I'm, I'm really one of you. Don't hurt me. Don't come and get me. <laughs> Speaking of conspiracy conspiracy theories, um, theorists, I should say, and theories, uh, in Japan, let's see, this came out August 26. So the this is from the Japan Times, and they reported that contaminated Moderna vaccines to have little impact on Japan's rollout. Uh, and... What happened was that the government decided to suspend the use of 1.63 million doses of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine um, because they discovered uh, four materials in one batch. Uh, and so, mm. let's see. I'm reading the report right now. They're hoping to get uh, have have everyone, the entire population fully vaccinated so both rounds at uh, 80% by early October is what they're hoping for but 39 vials were tested um, all of which had the particular lot number and the form uh, material that was found was a metal uh, mercury so let's see let's see let's see let's see is mercury I had it here and I lost it I want to make sure I say it correctly so far, 40, basically 43% of their population has been vaccinated. But I want to say it was mercury. Okay. Yeah. I want to say it was, but let me just do this. Maybe they don't mention it. Like this next one says it may be metal. But anyway, they put how they found out that it was a metal was that they use a magnet. <laughs> so you know that <laughs> TikTok video that was going around with magnet. Yeah. Oh, magnet, no. Sick of the people and everything. I thought that was just bull crap, right? Uh, well. I mean, who knows? It is TikTok. Yeah. There may be some truth to some of them. Uh, but yeah, so there was this one. I want to say there was another one. Yeah, yeah. So the form material is a metal that reacts to a magnet and is believed to have entered the vials during the production process and how does that happen i don't even know dude whoops sorry like, it has to be extremely yeah. tiny oh like it's, it's yeah i can't i i don't know i don't know i don't know how they in the production process because it's, it's a chip uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's the mark of Can, the beast did we talk about it la last week and obviously we you and i kind of decided we weren't going to spend too much time on Ro like specifically rona stuff this week mm -hmm. uh, maybe stuff we're going to talk a little bit about stuff surrounding that but uh it's so interesting that 
when pe- the stuff that people criticize, uh, you know, quote unquote, like anti-vaxxers for is stuff like, oh, what you really think that there's a chip in it and they're trying to chip you. And it's like, that's like one person. Yeah, right. It's like one. It's person. always like the one percent of people who claim something. It's always these are out that they label yeah, the entire group by. There's always these dishonest arguments. This happens a lot because I saw I, I I got on to uh, some people about like Joe Biden allegedly falling asleep during that meeting he was having um, this past. Uh, I can't remember who he was meeting with. One uh, prime minister. Or, Somebody, not that it really matters, but there's a picture of him and it kind of looks like he fell asleep. Yeah. But a couple people went back and they were watching it and they're like, guys, he's not asleep. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and it's like, he obviously wasn't asleep. Right. And so it's, it's one of those things that's like, if you're going to try to take the moral high ground, you don't get to lie about something and then be like, see, we have, we're the better people. It just, it doesn't work that way. Uh, that crap. Speaking just of the me moral off. high ground. <laughs> That's my moral high ground. Uh, sounds more like bottom of the barrel to me. <laughs> hey, don't hate my global. <laughs> when you eat all meat, then you'll understand why. What? Do, what's your favorite domestic beer to go towards? If you had to choose one, you like Miller Lite, Coors Light, Bud Light. Uh, None of um, them. If, if you got to pick one. If you're talking about, so what? What's considered domestic? Like so, you, Heineken would be domestic. Blue Moon would be domestic. A Blue Moon, then. Okay, yeah, I like Blue Moon. I have a uh, local brewery um, company here. I heart my state so that I live in. I guess I should and, look at uh, it. But what, they're pretty good. What what what's the difference? But is domestic just in like the U.S. or is it? Yeah, I believe I believe so. Well, Heineken then, may not be in the U.S. I mean, it would be if. If it's like a specific U.S. beer, it would be Creature Comforts in uh, uh, t- 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 UGA, like uh, Athens, Georgia. Athens. Yeah. Yeah. But if we're talking like beer that you can pretty much find in any store wherever you go, it's probably Blue, yeah. it's probably Blue Moon. Blue Moon, yeah. Uh, just, I do too. But I haven't had a Blue Moon in 10 Ages. years. Yeah. <laughs> There's you, way better beer out there. It's doesn't make any there sense. There is. Um, all right. So we need to get talking about Australia. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Uh, yep. They're, uh, you know, just so well, that people understand that Dr. Fauci right. and others within the administration have labeled Australia as the gold standard of COVID protocols. And I wish I had that clip. They did say it. You can go look it up for yourself. If you don't believe me, feel free to. Uh so they've labeled Australia as the gold standard of enforcing COVID protocols, right? All right, David, now you can play this clip. Okay. And if we want to open Australia up, if we want to open our states up, regional quarantine facilities are the second part of the answer. The first part of the answer is vaccine. So we need the vaccine rollout and we need to make sure that we have good quarantine regional facilities away from our densely populated cities that can spread the virus uh, rapidly as we've seen what has happened, unfortunately, in New South Wales and, of course, in Victoria. So uh, the Deputy right, Premier will go through. Uh, so, yeah. Learn a little lesson from Trudeau, huh? Yep. You, uh, 
Did you you catch what they're doing, right? Yeah, they're they're making quarantine facilities. Yeah, or AKA COVID concentration camps. <laughs> Just like, I mean, it's literally what we talked about a, uh, a couple months ago when uh, Canada was like, no, 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 we're not making facilities that you're going to be forced to stay in. And now they're doing yep. it. And now, at least in Canada, there are some people that are just going, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go stay there. I'm yeah, like, right. oh, Lord. Bro, I it's, right. I would be kicking and screaming. They would be, have to drag me into the to the car. Yep, they would have Especially to take, if there drag were cameras me to the there. gulag. I, yeah, if there were cameras there, I'd amp it up, too. <laughs> and you got to go there by train, too. That's even <laughs> Just oh, really no. get the whole experience. <laughs> Dude, it completely it's clueless. Like, Oh, literally identical to Germany. Um, yeah, I can't remember what I was listening to, but someone like th- something that's been this argument that's popping up about having a precedent. In I think it was something ar- arguing here that was like, oh, there's there's a precedent for like vaccine uh, passports or mandates or whatever the case may be. People are arguing like this stuff, but it but it's like, well, if they started putting people in camps. Is the and you didn't like that? Is the argument well? We had co- we had uh, internment camps for the Japanese in World War II, so there's a precedent for <laughs> right. it. Therefore, it's it's completely fine, right? It's exactly. It's and well, here's the thing: is that you know you and I both know, but for others who don't, that Australia and Europe is a precursor of what's eventually coming down the pipe here in America. Yeah, they they like lapped us somehow. Yeah. And here's the thing: and I I I think uh, to be fair. Considering we live in a different country and there's mm-hmm. uh, more guns in the country than there are human beings, um, I don't think it'll happen everywhere. You will see it in places like California, or at least parts of California. The more uh, Oregon, L- like Washington, LA, yeah. you're already seeing stuff like like Oregon. I wouldn't be surprised. Oregon is just like bite, biting at the chomp to be the first, uh, the first group to do that. Yeah, right. Um, but there's a couple couple of reasons. Uh, again, guns. Two, we're way more spread out. Yep. Uh, and she also mentioned even in that that it's like densely populated areas. the The places that you're seeing the worst restrictions in pretty much any country are the cities. Yeah. And this exactly. is this is why a lot of people are leaving the cities or they're leaving California to try to go somewhere that seems a little more fair and isn't mm-hmm. losing its mind. Uh, over all these like mandates and stuff and like at well the thing point, is go ahead go ahead no no no. Go okay ahead. so uh well also you know biden as we talked about last week on the podcast had considered his administration uh making it illegal for the unvaccinated to interstate travel mm-hmm. so so yeah i just thought that was good to cover and uh you know there's also uh speaking of interstates earlier today <laughs> yeah speaking of interstates i texted you today uh, while I was getting off of a highway and found out at a gas station that there is a ketchup shortage. Mm-hmm. And speaking of interstates and sh- uh, supply chain shortages and food shortages, you can play this next clip, David. Right. We have to go back to Australia first, but this is something yeah. that also is going to affect the U.S. as well, which we've got clips for. Mm-hmm. Morning, Australia. As you see, I just fucking woke up. Um, we've been talking to everyone around the world. Everyone, everyone around Australia, um, it's on. The truckies are doing it. We need you and everyone else your support to, to watch this video, hand it up, and let everyone in Australia know that the truckies are going to shut down the country. What that means is you need to go shopping now, 
get what you can for the next week or two. Load your fridge, freezers. The truckies are coming and they're going to pull this country down. And we're all going to do it together and remove the shit government. All right, I'm stopping it there because he starts getting into some weird stuff that <laughs> we can't really like. Uh, like, I don't feel like defending him. <laughs> yeah, right. The point is, is that uh, the the truckies, which are the truck drivers in Australia, are going on strike. They're going to yep. basically not work. I I think for a full day. I don't know if they're. He he made it sound like they're probably going longer, um, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, people get excited and I think it could be a real concern because people, especially during times like these, want so much to feel a part of something greater than them. Yeah. And so it's possible it could take off. But yeah. Uh, and it's not just there. Isn't it supposed to be here in the States, too? Yes. Um, there is a group that I forgot the name of. So it's called, uh, they were, there was a group last year called stop the tires 2020. Yeah. Uh, it was very like Trump heavy support, uh, about what they believed, uh, was a rigged election that the election was being stolen. Well, this same group or some people that are involved in this. Oh no, the video is not here. Um, Oh dude, they took the video down. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. It was yep. here this morning when I was doing this. Uh, well, I guess we won't have a clip for it unless I can. They got rid of his page. Holy crap. Okay. Yep. So, uh, here, I'll just, I'll, I'll pull this up and, uh, uh, anyway, the, this is just from the CD life. I guess that's like a trucker page or something yeah, like CDL that? CDL life. C or oh, CD, is it CD, CDL CD, life? Yeah. Yeah, CDL life. Uh, it says yes, anti-vaccine anti mandate protest in works for U.S. truckers, drivers claim. Um, a trucker-founded uh, anti-vaccine mandate protest is seemingly in the works for the end of this month, which, if you're listening to this, will be the day uh, this, uh, this recording comes out. Um, uh, if carried out, the demonstration will be an alliance between healthcare workers, truckers, military members, and other citizens across the country, and will protest the requirement of COVID-19 vaccine for employment, travel, and more. The demonstrator, seemingly headed by TikTok trucker, the disrespected trucker three, will gather at various locations across the country August 31st. Uh, so you're not seeing this anywhere, and it sucks that they, they took it down, but he basically explains that in the video. Uh, that, and I think they got the idea from Australia, um, it being this thing where protests are happening all over the world because of these mandates in particular. It doesn't even really have anything to do with the vaccine. It has to do with the fact that people are, uh, being forced to put something into them potentially that they want. At the very least, they're being coerced at this point. It's right, not, exactly. it's not actual force, but you're up against that line, especially when you've been working for a company for 30 years and they're now mandating this thing. I've heard stories about people who are potentially, they're like two years away from their pension and they're probably, they, they potentially could lose their pension if uh, they're forced to do this because they're going to quit. And mm. this is the thing, again, this is something that you and I go back to every single time. You will not hear us t tell you what you should do. When it comes, I know people to, personally who've gotten it. Yeah, so do and, I. Been, and they've told me they they've told me and they've kind of like said, "Yeah, I got." It. And I'm like, "Dude, it's cool. okay." Yeah, do you, yeah, good do, for you. That's yeah. fine. If that's what you want, I don't have a problem too. with the vax. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's the thing that Joseph and I do not like is places like New York are making a uh, a second class citizenry out of people who have said no. I'm not going to take this because yep. places are no longer allowing these people in. They're no longer allowing these people to live normal lives, right? You can't go to most stores. You can't do theaters. Um, I think the grocery stores are still open for the most part because I think they know that people would probably start burning like New York down if that was the case. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also one of those things, and I, and I don't like throwing this around, but it's disproportionately uh, affecting minorities, it is. And the, the, the stats are out there. And we've talked about them in shows. I, I asked someone uh, <laughs> recently, I said, hey, because they were uh, pro-mandate uh, uh, for vaccines. And I said, what about um, the – what about minorities? And uh, they said, well – they'll be able to take it once we make it more accessible. And I was like, so you think that they don't have the ability to go to CVS and Walgreens yeah. or their pharmacy and get the vaccine? It's not that. They don't want it. Yeah. And it's literally by what you, because uh, this person is also pro BLM Inc., mind you, the, the national organization. Uh, and so I said, oh, man, I just lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Well, it, the, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. So I remember. I'm sorry. So I told them that uh, with it disproportionately affecting black people and other minorities, then you're forcing something upon them that they don't want. I lost my train of thought. I'll go ahead. But you're no, you're you're absolutely right. It's um, it's not only it, it's it's a it's kind of a ridiculous statement. And it comes back to like the I I like yeah you know when the whole voter ID thing like no matter mm -hmm. what your opinion on it on it is a lot of people will say there's literally people that are like well they just they they can't get an ID and you're like what are you talking about it's like you don't think that people that live in a city know how to get to the DMV that they don't know how to read <laughs> and use the simple, internet yeah use simple English where it says here are the documents you need to bring with you bring these and we will give you an ID it's how not insulting. hard. Well, so I'm glad that you said that because that spurred my memory. So now I actually do remember. So their BLM Inc.'s definition of what systemic racism, right? That's what they complained about. Oh, and this yeah. is literally, according to their de their definition, systemic racism. They've been they've been suspiciously quiet, and people have been calling out like Abram Kendi, um, specifically, and I'm sure oh Patrice Colors and some of these yeah. other people. And it's like, hey, don't you see what New York is doing? Isn't this the thing that you were like screaming about last year? And then well, you think about it and you're like, well, they're probably both millionaires and they're just done with this. I, I saw a video again. You can't ever be too sure about like what's real on the Internet or, or not. But this guy, uh, this black guy was talking to some other guy that he didn't show on uh, the video. And the guy was mm -hmm. like. Oh, well, everything's calmed down now since BLM got involved. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? And he kind of like schooled this guy and being like, this building behind me is $5 million. He's, and he was talking about the number, the amount of money that came into BLM last year. He's like, BLM could have bought this. They could have set up like black businesses, uh, black residency, like all of these things. He's like, they, didn't, they haven't done anything for anyone. Uh, and, and, you know, we talked about that way early on in the show. I think I pulled up the report about how much money they've made and mm -hmm. the report was going, where did this go? 
Well, we I know think where it was some like of it went. Billion dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Yeah, it's like we know where some of it went. Patrice colors. Yeah, I, I wish I should have pulled this clip up, um, but it was this uh, black lady who, uh, of course, there's this <laughs> white guy that was at this protest or whatnot talking about. Um, it was a BLM protest or yeah. whatnot recently, like within the past couple of weeks. And she just went ham on him. Like it, it is always y'all that are coming into our neighborhoods and ruining them. Mm. Uh, when it, it's not black people actually coming here, it's white people masquerading and BLM destroying our cities and towns. So yeah, I think it's pretty forceful, but thankfully people are rising up. Mm hmm. Uh, I, did you want me to play any of these specifically? Uh, I kind of just put them in there so people could see them in the show notes if they wanted to see what was going on. Cause some of them are just people marching. Yeah. But I, the, you know, the craziest thing to me, and this is just something to bring up cause you know, we are always trying to kind of deconstruct the media and a lot of the stuff that's going on. Uh, looking up clips for the show, I'll find, I'm like, okay, it would be cool to find some different reports of different protests going on around the world. Well, one of them on here for Olympia, Washington actually has someone doing a report. But when you watch the other ones, it's all just images and then text on screen, which for yeah. us doesn't do any good because a big part of what we do is audio and exactly. it's not necessarily going to make it onto YouTube. And so I don't want to use stuff that's just an image because then we have to sit here and be like, oh, well, we'll read what it says. And it's just weird and doesn't make a lot of sense. Um uh, so I, that's the thing is like media is lazy, man. They're, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Their production quality as far as videos that a lot of these places put out. It's just like, well, just show some people protesting and put some text over it. That's that's good enough. We don't have to waste any of our time doing this other stuff. Just Yeah, exactly. No. So there were protests in Olympia, Washington and New York and Athens, Greece, Paris, France, London, Berlin, um, Australia. Obviously, we talked about that one last yeah. week. So, all right, you ready to move on to this next one? Yes, hard cut. We're moving into something totally new now. All right, so I wanted to talk about Marvel. Yes. In, the MCU in particular, and okay. sort of the state that it's in. And uh, probably, I mean, if this ever gets out to some of these people, I'm this is probably going to get me in trouble with some of like the MCU fans, like the stands. Mm -hmm. So uh, give me your, let me ask you this. Let me, ask okay, this. go ahead. What did you think of the trailer? Um, I don't mind I, giving my thoughts first if you want me to, but I wanted to, no, hear it's, only, your it's thoughts basically one to see thing. if you agreed with me. I, I went, Oh, Alfred Mo Molina. Cool. As far as the trailers, like first impressions, uh, I was like, Oh yes. I, it, it was just like, it was good to see him. I didn't care about anything else that was going on. <laughs> right. It just seemed very cookie cutter, very uh, plain. I am hopeful. Like I am. I do want to see it. I want to yeah, see I it wanna, more yeah. than the Eternals and the, it, oh man, what's that movie? Uh, Shai Sh Chi. Shang Chi. Or if you, -Chi. if you're being proper, according to someone, someone came out and was like, it's actually Shang Chi. I was like, Oh brother. It's like you're not helping your case. No one wants to see this already. It's like stop, know, stop right? coming out and correcting people. Just so go with it. Shang Chi. Just call it Shang Chi. Uh, don't call it. Don't don't buy into their garbage. Uh, so Shang Chi, 
Yeah, both of those. I don't out, really care. This this week it comes out on the third, so I yeah. believe. And it's oh, and here's Friday. the thing: people don't realize if that doesn't have a good opening, Eternals will get delayed, <laughs> and then Spider Man will get delayed. Dude, Eternals uh, is getting delayed. Oh, no one wants. Delayed. I, I there's part of me that would argue that more people want to go see Shang Chi than want to see the Eternals. No, yep. and here's the thing: I've got I've got f- friends that I've talked to who kind of disagree with me. Uh, on just sort of like the state of Marvel and where it is right now. I haven't heard a single one of them go, I'm excited for Shang-Chi or I'm excited for the Eternals. They're probably mm-hmm. excited for Spider-Man because one, it's a known property. And no matter how you feel about the current Spider-Man, it's still Spider-Man. It's going to make money. People, it's it's just a popular property. It's like Batman. Uh, like yeah, Spider-Man's right, essentially exactly. Batman for the MCU. Uh, obviously they're not exactly the same, but I mean, just in the popularity scale, they, they kind of go back and forth for, uh, the different companies. Um, so, okay. Thoughts. This is a good place to start sort of like a a conversation about the state of Marvel because we need, we got to talk about sort of the big picture for what's going on with Spider-Man. It's a little speculative, as far as the movie's concerned, because obviously it's not coming out until maybe December. And then if it gets delayed, maybe next summer, because they're not going to put it out in January. They're not going to put it out in, because it's all after December, it's all slow season until the summer. Mm-hmm. You pretty much, and, and I, I don't know. They let's see March, April, May, they maybe may. If, uh, if it gets delayed, I, I would, my guess would be may at the soonest. Um, so here's the thing from, reports that have come out uh alfred molina has said who plays doc ock for those of you that don't know i've been saying his name he plays dr octopus in spider-man 2 uh personally i think spider-man 2 is the best spider-man movie that's been made it's my opinion uh i i think it's far and away better than the rest of them uh allegedly he gets sucked into like mcu spider-man timeline at the after he's been defeated uh and like destroys the machine and he's like essentially after he's gone through his like uh redemption arc that's Mm. supposedly when he gets sucked up now if that's we don't know if that's the case um maybe that's just what they're telling him it's it's so the the news is really weird and I don't Marvel is is known for sort of like trying to put like the shade over people's eyes when it comes to the trailers and other things like that. So there's, there's two things that are, that are going on one and the better option in this is that Alfred Molina is actually going to be a good guy in the movie. So he's going to come back. The thing you saw with him where he's like, hello, Peter is in the third act, which it kind of looks like maybe, you know, somewhere, uh, after the first half of the movie, more than likely. Mm. Um, and he'll be a good guy because he's had his redemption arc. So it would be, and and this is what people are worried about because it would be stupid for them to pull him from Spider-Man two after he's redeemed himself to make him a villain for this movie. Right. It makes no sense now, unless they try to pull some crap where it's like not the exact same doc Ock from Spider-Man two, there's all sorts of dumb stuff they can do. Um, but that's kind of the worry, uh, along with, this just being a one-off thing because mm-hmm. this is supposed to be uh Tom Holland's last Spider-Man movie. Oh, it is. He's if he continues to play Spider-Man, the rights return to Sony after this movie. Uh. So it, it's weird, kind of messy, and everyone's 
slightly excited because of the nostalgia factor, as far as I can tell. But again, no one's really excited because it's Tom Holland in a Spider-Man movie. I mean, there's probably a small portion of the population. You probably have a lot of the women who are fans specifically of Tom Holland Mm -hmm. uh, that are excited to see this movie, not because of any other reason except Tom Holland is in this movie. Mm. So that's kind of what's going on surrounding this. Um, do you have thoughts before I, I keep going? Yeah, so do you think that Toby Maguire and then Andrew Garfield will be in this? Yes, uh, I think there have been reports. But again, that goes back to some of the 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 weird the weirdness of this movie because there's rumors that like Toby Maguire is going to sacrifice himself at some point in the movie. It's just like, what are y'all doing? Uh, you know? Um, Let's see how it plays out. Yeah. Let's I mean, see what we'll, it plays out. We'll see. So this kind of leads to... My current major gripe with the state of the MCU. Okay. And it's that I think the multiverse is the dumbest garbage ever, to be honest. It's it's such a cop-out for writing. Now, mm. if they had given it... Now, listen, they, maybe they will come up with rules for the multiverse... And I will be proven wrong, but I don't think I'm going to. And here's why. Mm. I finished Loki. I I suffered. Well, okay. It's not as bad as Captain the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Captain or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Excuse Falcon. me. Falcon. Not Captain America. Captain America, the Winter, Winter Soldier. Is great movie. Good. Very, very good movie. Yeah. Top, top tier Marvel. Uh, yes. Falcon Winter Soldier, one of the worst things. Personally, I think it's the worst thing they've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Loki not as bad uh, the fifth episode saves it a little but it's still really boring there's way too much talking and it's mm-hmm. just like like it just doesn't go anywhere forever and then you get to like the fifth episode and it finally kind of starts picking up and then sort of just fizzles in the sixth episode so it was like ah. and I know people disagree with me because they're like oh, you know I like Marvel I don't gobble, care gobble, gobble. yeah I don't care Exactly. Don't think. So, just eat product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the thing. Uh, the multiverse is essentially not created, but set in motion after the events of Loki, which right. I won't spoil just in case someone wants to actually watch it, if they haven't already. Um, it's set in motion, and it, it essentially opens the realm to an infinite number of characters coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe that are just slightly different versions of characters we've already seen or new characters, right? So the theory is that this is how the X-Men are going to get involved um, since Marvel now owns those properties. Um, But there's weird stuff that's going to happen too. And one of the biggest problems I have as far as the writing is concerned is that death doesn't matter anymore. It didn't really matter yeah. before because all they were doing was killing off villains that were just kind of throwaway anyway. Like nobody really mm-hmm. liked any of the villains until uh, people liked Mads Mickelson in Doctor Strange, but Thanos, yeah, Thanos is essentially the only one anyone's liked. Um and they kind of already did the thing where they're like, "Well, we killed him and then because of the multiverse because we traveled through time or whatever and they kind of messed with the flow of time." It you know, they kind of already showed like 
oh, he died, but then he came back just so we could have this big fight at the end of the end right. of the movie. It's I have a lot of issues with uh, uh, what's the last one? Not Infin- Infinity War, but uh, Endgame. Endgame. There, there's some major just uh, headache problems that I've got with that that movie. But all that being said, it's not to the level of where it is now, where they're doing something called uh, What If currently. That's mm-hmm. these. It's a. It. Uh. It's based off a series of comics that were essentially what ifs. Like, what if Peggy Carter became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers? Right. Right. And that's that's like I think the first episode of of this actual series. And again, it, it's starting to really. That's an area that you're seeing Marvel get hyper political with super things or kind of throw their preachy subject matter in there. where like Peggy Carter as captain America or as captain Carter, I think is what they call her. It's just like way better than Steve Rogers ever was as captain America. Oh yeah. And you're like, come on. And it's, it's, it's because of the agenda. Yeah. It's, it's agenda driven rather than being about the story, which is the case for the first two episodes of what if, and then the third one uh, is pretty much void of that. And it's kind of an interesting um, thing and they also President Loki is in that third episode and he's in the mm-hmm. Loki series so it's like a variant of Loki and so they're making the they're already showing you where those things are interconnecting right exactly so and go ahead. so go ahead go ahead and then I'll, I'll I'll tell you some some other stuff that seems like it's probably coming okay so I'll let you continue on that train of thoughts and then because mine's gonna diverge from that okay so the thing that's gonna happen at some point, it's almost guaranteed unless uh, Marvel starts falling apart and they really have to start just bringing in popular uh, characters and all the stuff, though this kind of mm-hmm. leans into it as well. Thanos is probably coming back. Oh, I was just about to say it. Thanos is going to come back, isn't he? He's he's going to come back and he's going to be a good guy because in the second episode of What If, a version of Thanos was taught how to be upright and moral by T'Challa, who is Star-Lord now, who is Black Panther, right? And this is the problem, is that they do the same thing that they did with Peggy Carter, where T'Challa essentially becomes Star-Lord, which still doesn't make sense, uh, because Star-Lord was a pet name given to Peter Quill by his mother, not a name that is just associated with the person in that role. (laughs) It it doesn't make sense. Um, And they make him like this perfect Mary Sue character in that, and it just... It, it's really gross, and you know he he does Thanos doesn't have to be beaten because just through the power of talking, T'Challa was able to make him a good guy. <laughs> so that version of Thanos is going to show up at some point. Whether whether the like no matter what happens on the money end for Marvel, if they start panicking because Shang Chi doesn't do well, because Eternals doesn't do well, and maybe Spider Man even slightly underperforms. They're going to be trying to throw everything they have, which means X-Men will probably come in. Uh, They'll probably try to get uh, a version of Captain America, Thor. Well, Thor's still around, technically. Um, They're going to have a lot of massive screw-ups, I think, over the next couple of years where people are just like, I don't want to see Natalie Portman as Thor. Yeah. She's like 5'2 and weighs like 100 pounds. And because you know it's going to be... It again. It's yeah. It's gonna be hyper. It's gonna be a Mary Sue. It's gonna be hyper politicized. Yeah. It's gonna. It, it's oh, gonna be. It's gonna fit the agenda. So and the only thing I, I'll admit that I one of the aspects of like I guess like female Thor or whatever that I did like is that she has cancer and so she's battling with cancer while dealing with um 
trying Dang. to be uh, Thor. And every time she transforms into Thor, she the chemo that she's going through gets wiped out of her body because it's like a purification thing. Like there can't be any mm. impurities in her or whatever. So you have to be like something about Mjolnir and you have to be like uh, worthy. And so I, I don't know. It's it's not great, uh, but it, it was kind of a cool angle on like giving a character a struggle. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they're probably going to, I almost guarantee you they're not going to do that or it's going to get underplayed completely. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're, I think Love and Thunder is not going to do very well, uh, especially if it's not like centered around Chris Hemsworth, right? Um, right. Or they're going to rework it to put him in the movie more than they were planning to. Guardians will probably do fine because people love James Gunn and they love Guardians. It's, you know, a staple. I think uh, I am looking forward to the next uh Doctor Strange, because Sam, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Raimi is directing it, and it's supposed to be more horror-esque than previous uh. movies. So we'll see. I, I'm skeptical of everything at this point. But uh, needless to say, the again, the biggest problem that I have right now is that death doesn't matter, so characters coming and going doesn't matter. They essentially what they did with everything that came from the past 10 years with Loki and kind of opening up the multiverse is being like none of it mattered. Yeah, there was which there's makes no emotional connection involvement. You wipe everything out and it's you can't take the content serious because it's like, why does it matter? Yeah, it's kind of a big middle finger to people who are paying attention. And then everyone else is just kind of absorbing this stuff and being like, oh, next next property, like you were saying, it's like, oh, just consume the product and wait for more yeah. product to show up. Me no think, me just eat product. Yeah. And so we're we're kind of in this weird stage of that. And, you know, there's supposed to be a Captain America movie, which, again, after Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I have absolutely no interest in seeing especially if it's Come just going to be like you Only need to do you can defeat racism joseph you, you need, need to, to do better to you. you need to do better senator like it's like oh my that's Lord. what i was doing. like if he's just gonna fly around preaching at politicians i don't know and i don't know what they're <clears throat> like what they're setting up for some of the other stuff and, and i can hardly care it's like kind of interested in spider-man definitely interested in um dr strange and everything else it's like yeah, I don't know. Like, we'll we'll see. Like, maybe I'll wait for a couple weeks and see what people are saying. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I don't like this road they're going down. I don't think that they handled it right. I think, uh, and obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. But uh, I think what they should have done. And then, if you have anything else, I, this is my last point, and I'm done okay. talking about this. It, what they should have done, in my opinion, is after Infinity War, they should have started the next phase. So not in game in Infinity War into Endgame. From a to- like a solely a, a storytelling perspective, they should have done Infinity War. The snap happens, and then Phase Four immediately starts. So not this big jump in time. None of this like weird garbage that they were doing. It just continues, and either if they had the guts, which obviously they didn't they would have just left those people gone. Like they would have been a little more particular about who got snapped away. And that would mm-hmm. have just been it. And it's like, yeah. those characters are gone. Right. Then maybe slowly start doing some things with a little bit of the multiverse. One of the characters figures out how to, you know, even if it's Loki, right. You go down that Loki path of low or well, 
I guess he he wouldn't have been in it because of the time travel thing. So one of the characters figures out that the multiverse exists, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of has similar uh, tones to the way that Loki's TV series went. Mm-hmm. And that's phase four. And it's kind of this like, oh, the multiverse is a real thing. Oh, we, we can now introduce a character that maybe was previously gone. So the death of those mm. characters still has a little bit of meaning, but maybe you bring back an alternate version of them that maybe isn't exactly the same and maybe even isn't played by the same actor if contracts are up and you're trying to move into something different, right? So right. either that or they should have just ended it after Endgame and reset everything. Oh, yeah. And just start it over. Do something different. Tell different stories. You've got the X-Men now. Start with the X-Men and build your universe off of the X-Men. Uh, there's mm. just a million things that they could have done, and instead they're just like, we're going to preach at you and put all these activists in writing positions. Yep. And this is what we're doing now, and you're going to like it. Or, they're and, and then they'll complain when the movie doesn't make money, and they'll be like, those misogynists. These are the same people that didn't like Captain Marvel. <laughs> So That'd be great. Go ahead. Yeah, right. So my complaint with Marvel and with most of Hollywood's writing of male and female characters, and specifically we're talking about male characters right here, is that Peter is very much a beta male. Um, the the new one, Tom Holland's version. Yeah, Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland's version. And again, I understand he's a kid and he's a teenager and stuff like that, but there's very little about him that's true and genuine masculinity. You know, and again, I'm not talking about someone being an alpha male because Hollywood also uh, mischaracterizes men and overplays that part as well. Uh, I really like the to the epitome to me, like the the, the peak, the apex um, of of the best description uh, of a man in a Hollywood movie would be for me Aragon. Mm. Um, he's a warrior when he needs to be, right? But he's also gentle with. Uh, when the context or the person relies on it, you know yeah, what I mean. I agree. You know, there's a there's a part where he he uh, he stands up to Legolas in the Battle of Helm's Gate when Legolas is is despairs and says we're all going to die and or, or he says they're all going to die and he said I shall die as one of them and then later on they when Legolas apologizes to him um, when he says forgive me he says there's nothing to forgive brother so you again you see this. Um, uh, a great depiction of manhood. Yeah. And again, you're not going to expect a teenager to have all of that, right? Right. Um, you know, especially this version of Spider-Man um, that Tom Holland is portraying. However, he hardly has any of that. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't know how much growth he's really had. Like, this is a kid who, and this is why uh, No Way Home is a little odd. It's odd for both Spider-Man and Doctor Strange one, because you think at this point Spider-Man would understand the role that he needs to play and he wouldn't be the selfish kid, right? Like yeah, he, exactly. He, he had to kind of grow up fast. He literally died and came back to life, and then he lost his mentor. So you'd think that the, the, the next logical step in the character arc would be now he's learning how to be a leader, a leader how, how to be responsible, right? Now, and obviously, I'm coming at this from a perspective of MCU doesn't care about the com- like the MCU doesn't care about the comic books for the most part except plucking what they want to out of it. And mm-hmm. so I'm not really worried about that. What I am, am talking about is these people don't know how to write stories and they don't know how to set up character arcs. 
at all because characters just kind yeah. of forget <laughs> who they are and uh, from one movie to the next a lot of the time. Uh, and so, yeah, you would think that, except he just does this selfish thing and it causes massive problems in the universe, right? So he goes from essentially being someone who helped uh, save the universe to maybe being the reason him and strange and less strange isn't who he is. And he's actually Mephisto because everybody thinks that Mephisto's is going to keep showing up and maybe he will, maybe he won't. I don't, right. I honestly don't care. Oh, that was the other thing that, that has been bugging me is that it seems like people care more about what's like, they care more about their theories about what's going to happen than actually going to see these movies. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I have this great theory. I think this is what's going to happen, or I think this character's going to show up, blah, blah, blah. But no one's going, man, I'm really excited to see this because I really like Tom Holland, and I can't wait to see how he and so-and-so interact and how this this thing becomes this. You're not hearing any of that. It's all just, well, I think, based on something that I know because I read a Wikipedia page, that this is the thing that's going to happen. And you're like, oh, yeah. And I know there are actual like comic book fans out there that are, are doing the same thing, but a lot of the time it's, you know, it's like, especially when it comes to maybe like Shang-Chi and the Eternals, a lot of that is people mm-hmm. going on Wikipedia and looking that stuff up because nobody knew who they were. Oh, they, no one knew they who had they were. Less, they had less uh, of a presence than Guardians did before Guardians came out. And the only reason I knew about the Guardians early on is because I was playing Marvel versus Capcom and Rocket Rocket Raccoon is in Marvel versus Capcom. And I went, wait, there's a, ra- a raccoon in the Mar- in Marvel that has machine guns and rockets? And then that's when I went to go look it up because I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. That's how I got introduced to Guardians of the Galaxy. The Eternals weren't there. Shang-Chi for sure wasn't there. (laughs) It's like, come on now, guys. Like, I'm not Uh, a huge comic book person, but come on now. But you're right. Yeah, it definitely comes across as pandering. Aragorn is a is a great example of that, and you know he he actually has an arc. He's not perfect. He's not perfect, and though he's written a little differently in the books to be a, a bit more of an assertive character, mm-hmm. I, my English lit teacher in high school would disagree with me on this. But I like the fact that they give him a a bit of a, um, a stumbling block in being uh, unsure about his place as king. Yeah, I do like that. Um, I really like that in the movie. And right. instead of like, you don't really see that in the book no. as much. He's much more assertive in the books. Like he's very, yeah. he, it's a very, in the books, it's very much a, I know who I am. It's just yep. not the right time. Right. Right. In the movies, it's, I know who I am and I don't know if I have what it takes to, to take up that position. And through exactly. his journey, he learns essentially how to become that person by Return of the King, which I like. I think it's just it's a good character arc. It 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 gives him a little bit more depth as far as like, you know, and I, I probably argue that with my English teacher now if if I was in high school. But, yeah, so that's pretty much just it for me. I mean, I am. Yeah, I, I am. I don't I wouldn't mind spending money to see it in the movie theater. Uh, it's Spider-Man. It, it, you know, his last two movies were good. Um in my opinion. So I don't mind seeing again. It's just, again, I'm kind of not expecting a huge character art. I think some things are strange with it, but who knows, man, you know, it's not in this thing is it's not going to matter. Preach at me. I'm good. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to matter. Because if Spider-Man's going back to Sony, if the property's going back to Sony and Tom Holland's done, the movie hardly matters. It's just going to kind of be like an end cap for all of that. And then they're going to move on to, whatever they've got coming with you know the new uh, MCU. maybe we'll do miles morales as the next spider-man maybe um. <laughs> we'll see well 
Yeah, we need to get into this, this next. So apparently, uh, for whatever reason, NBC came out this weekend. Let me just read this report. It says that NBC is standing by for a potential reboot of The Office. And uh, it's just like, come on, guys. Like, I think my argument is I don't even think there should be a phase four of Marvel. I think they should have just should have ended it with Endgame. Yeah. Like sometimes it's nice to start something and end something. You don't need it. You don't have to keep going. People just I understand that people want more and more and more and more. I get it. Sometimes it's just nice to have a good beginning and end. And like you said, maybe reset and now start with just the X-Men or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Do- I kind of think like with Warner Brothers, like they wanted to. I don't feel like there was any need for them to copy Marvel. They should have just gone forward with their plan of just, you know, maybe you have the Batman movies create a, their own particular universe within the scope of Batman. And then you have Superman with his own particular universe. And, and, and maybe at some point you bridge them, uh, you know, here and there. But, I mean, they tried their best to copy Marvel, except for their whole goal was to start at the end and go back to the beginning. When it's like, well, Marvel already laid the, laid the groundwork for you. Just do that. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, if you want to do that, but I think like that's why I like Todd Phillips so much is like, oh, I get to watch a Joker movie that's not tied to fifteen hundred other movies. Yeah, I think that's why Joker. It's one of the reasons Joker resonated to some degree. I think it's why Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, resonated because it's just like kind of a soft reboot, pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it other than uh, Harley Quinn and a couple of the other characters that were in the original one. It really didn't have anything to do with anything else going on in DC's cinematic universe, yeah. which is a mess anyway. And they're constantly so like the Flash is coming out. I know we're supposed to be talking about the Office. But we'll get back yeah. to that. But uh, just this last point, the uh, DC is still doing the same thing where they're just nipping at the heels of Marvel because now they're doing a, the Flashpoint movie. Yep. to reset their universe or to bring in all these other characters. And it's like, y'all, just do your own thing. Start over. Consi- like, Be more uh, intentional in the, the casting and the stories yes. that you're telling and the consistency the behind the movies. And maybe just keep Shazam because I actually liked Shazam. Uh, and the first Wonder Woman. The second one sucks. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. The second Wonder Woman movie is... Uh, garbage yeah the second Wonder Woman movie but, is terrible the first one was like b plus for me it wasn't yeah, like a it's, it's it was not just perfect but, for, but for mark for dc that's like yeah, a plus yeah it was it was <laughs> a far and away better than most of the stuff they've put out yeah um okay so the office is yes. getting a reboot isn't yeah, maybe? yeah i don't know i don't think they should and this is my reasoning yeah. what made the office great stereotypical humor of everyone of yeah. every race of every gender uh, you know and everything else right mm-hmm. that's what made it so funny is because we could all laugh together at each other and there's just a good hearted nature within that right um and so you know it, it comes out like comedy central deleted and this is what i mean this yeah. is why you don't need to bring back the office this this ties into it comedy central deleted the office's first episode diversity day and it's like come on guys it's that like everything would be their humor is too cancelable in culture in this day and age. Yeah. And, and it's like when yeah. I found that out, I was telling people, I'm gonna watch it even harder now. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. particular episode. And it's just it's so ridiculous. It, it, I mean, you can't 
I missed the good days of comedy. Not and again, I'm not sitting here saying everything in comedy was great and stuff like that. I just mean when you could pick on everyone and it's fine. Um, it's very similar to not the reboot, but it's very similar to something that happened to Community last year, where they put Community mm. on Netflix. And then I think it's in season three or four. There's an episode where they play Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. And Chang, Chang dresses up as a dark elf. And a month or two or three after it was this this episode, by the way, came out in like 2011. Mm-hmm. I mean, like early 2010-ish era, right? So this is right. 10 years old, give or take. And everyone goes. Chang's dressing up in blackface and you go no he's not are you are you kidding me and Netflix buckled immediately and pulled the episode and it's one of the best episodes of community and it's just like these people have no backbone none no one to just go at all shut up you don't know what you're talking about do you not know what a dark elf is exactly are you kidding it's like no at no point in that. I actually think they make one joke at his expense, like, oh, Chang, like, but that's the point. Is it's 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 aware of what it is, but also it's not actually it's not like Chang had was in black makeup with big red lips and like dancing around, you know, like they were in whatever those uh the uh man, there's like a name for him or whatever, back in like the twenties is where yeah. a lot of that came from, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, it's kind of similar. It, it, there's so much humor in Community as well that they would never be able to get away with today. That's where that hot gay reference comes from. from. It was Chang. Because yep. he was he was just sort of this, like, gross character, but at the same time, it's kind of why you liked him, because yeah. he, he was, was just gross, he was just awful. endearing character as right. well. He's, he's yeah. kind of the villain, but at the same time, he was he was funny, and it was the same way with Pierce for the first few seasons mm-hmm. with Chevy Chase. And um, it just, and that was also a very diverse cast. Yep. You know, uh, man, it just, it, it just bothers me because it's, it's all it is is signaling. Like we were saying before with, mm-hmm. with Marvel, it's just signaling to a group of people, please accept us. Please know that we're one of you. And it, and it has nothing to do with being creative or funny or irreverent in some cases. It, it, yeah, and you just can't do it with the office now. There's no way. There's no way. There's it, no way. It, it, I didn't think Space Force was that good. Oh, I've, I fell asleep during the first episode and was like, I'm, I'm no thanks. Yeah, and I think renewed. I, I think I made it through three episodes, maybe more. I don't even know if I made it through that long. And I was like, yeah, this just is not good. Listen, it's not funny. I mean, maybe if you were super left leaning, it would be funny, but it's just hyper political humor doesn't do anything for me. No. I, I don't think when you... On either side. Yeah, when you take something to, like, an extreme and you're like, oh, this is comedy or whatever, it's honestly, it's one of the reasons why I don't like Steven Crowder. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the time he'll say things that are supposed to be, like, edgy and shocking in the name of comedy, and I just don't think it's funny. Yeah. I, I'm just like, I, I'm like, okay, I get why people like him and that he does, like, crazy stuff or whatever, and he goes in, like owns 18 year olds on college campuses or whatever it's just like man sorry steven if this ever gets back to you it's it's nothing personal it's just like i don't know it just doesn't do anything it doesn't do anything for me uh yeah i i just don't uh that kind of humor and that that kind of that kind of edgy stuff 
it's very hit and miss. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I I appreciate the fact that him along with other people, like let's say Dave Chappelle, right? They <laughs> do not put them in the same category. No, no, they are not in the same category. <laughs> That's all. not what I mean. I just mean two different two comedians along with you know Joe Rogan and other people sure. and stuff like that. But you, there's this whole the small finite group of people that at least from what it appears like that are still fighting to keep things. I don't want to say how they were, but to where you can pick on everyone. Yeah, right? I, can, I can respect that. I am sure that if I sat down with Steven Crowder and he and I had a conversation, I'd be like, oh, all right. Yeah, I don't have a problem with you. And generally I don't. I, he doesn't it, come across as disingenuous. No, I, I think sometimes he just like he got into this like that whole thing a couple of years ago with that reporter from Vice who's like gay or whatever. Oh yeah, and it just kind of felt like it was too far. Um, he was like, "All right, man, like, why are you doing this?" You know, yeah. it's like I thought you were just kind of here to point out the hypocrisy of the side that you don't like. You know, that's like yeah. the shtick, and you're a little more edgy about it. And it just kind of felt like it got into like an actual beef over time, where it was like he was really kind of being cruel to this guy. Anyway, we're we're off off the topic a little bit, but yeah, I, I don't think they should remake this. I guarantee you if this comes just out... Just gotta leave it. Yeah. I, if they go through with it, it won't make it past the first season. Yeah. Yeah, not... Unless they make it exactly how it was and you have, you know, the original cast back maybe. I, I just don't... Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. Like, sometimes it's good to leave things in the past. Not everything needs to be reboot. Come up with something new. Yeah. That's good. That's original. Again, people, like, get over your childhood. Yeah. Like, I mean, really get, Oh, I mean, I'm not saying everything. It's fine to have the things that you like, but move on and, and look for new things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just like every, it's just the problem is just everything is getting rebooted. Yeah. It has to be rebooted because there's no, there's no talent anymore. Yeah. They, they're again, they're hiring activists, not creators. And so, all you're getting is this like same garbage that's like, oh, well, we have to have, a, you know, th- this representation and we have to have this. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes that gets in the way of good storytelling, because if you're doing something that's based in like 16th century England, it's it's going to be primarily one race. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. If you're, if you're doing and, and this is why you and I have both argued in the past, too. Hey, why don't you start looking into like folklore from Africa and Asia and not do it because you're trying to uh, make a certain demographic happy, but do it because you find it interesting? Yes, right? like you actually like the story. Yeah. You're not trying to pander, you're, tr- you're trying to create. It's a, again, make Spider Man good because you like Spider Man. Right. Not because you're and, trying to pander or whoever else. And you, you know, and again, maybe the childhood thing I said was too harsh. But what I mean, what I meant was, you know, it, it's okay to have things in the past that you like, that you mm-hmm. revere. But sometimes things are better left in the past than when you bring them back to the future. Well, yeah, it's like I was telling you. No pun intended. It's like I was telling you last week with Don't Breathe 2. It's just an unnecessary sequel because you made it an excellent horror slash thriller movie that has a very unique premise that really didn't need a sequel. Didn't need some yeah. sort of redemption arc for this care this like villain. It's it's weird. And this is the this is the thing that's happening in Hollywood with villains. And you would uh mention like send some tweet to me about Cruella and this is the same thing that's happening is they're they're trying to turn Cruella 
who murders Dalmatians and turns them into clothing into an anti-hero. It makes no sense for the character, right? Yep. And so in the same sense of making these reboots, whether you're trying to bring back the original cast or not, it's just like, leave it alone. Yeah. Let it be this other thing. If you want to make a story about an anti-hero, make something up. Make it original. Or if you're going to make The Office and you're going to do a new and you do a new cast, at least have Trump be the Michael Scott character. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well, honestly, that would be the problem is that they would have a Trump archetype and everyone yeah. would go, well, that's a Trump archetype. And it's just like, uh, like no one wants to no one wants to watch that. I know. Like, who are you appealing to at that point? Because you're going to be making fun of him most of the time and he'll be the villain slash whatever. And so the the people who like him aren't going to watch it. And more than likely, the people who don't like him aren't going to watch it either because they're going to think he's a terrible character. It's going to yep. be too familiar. Yep. That's why you can't do that. It's why all of the the Office characters work so well because they had kind of different personalities. Um, yep. And some of them you liked better than others. Everybody kind of related with some characters more. And I remember like we used to talk about it all the time when we were in college. That's like my favorite character would hop around depending on the 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 the. Uh, the time that I was watching, like going through the whole series again, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, right now it's like, oh, I actually really appreciate Creed this time. He's kind of yeah. underrated or, oh man, Kevin is really like endeared himself to me this time watching through the whole thing or whatever the case may be. Stanley is another great example of that. Oh, yeah, um, Kelly is still my least favorite character. Yes. Oh gosh. Oh, she's so uh, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she is or if it's when, um, Andy becomes the uh, he becomes regional the new, manager. Yeah, he becomes the new Michael Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I think yeah, that's Andy, more so it for oh, me. Man. Andy is like Andy was so hit or miss. It depended on the episode. Um, Andy and course, was great up until that point. And of course, when like, he left to go on this, you know, oh, I gotta go uh, on the boat trip, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and of course like Dwight is great cause there's so many good moments like where he mm-hmm. sets the office on fire and locks all the doors and no one can get out <laughs> or when, uh, when Jim convinced one of my favorite, uh, plot, uh, like plots from the series is when Jim convinces Dwight that he's turning into a vampire. Oh yeah. It's so underrated. Nobody talks about that. It's, it's so underrated, but it's hilarious. He's like, there's just this moment at the end of the episode where, um, uh, Jim is so committed to the bit that he's like got his his like jacket up over his head as he's walking to his car and Dwight's giving this like monologue about like oh there he goes out into the world to become this vampire or whatever it just killed me <laughs> <laughs> so good uh, oh and not to uh, mention you could never do the thing now where Jim convinced Dwight that he was Asian you remember that bit oh, from yeah. the beginning? There's no way they could do that now. <laughs> it would be written up in Vice and HuffPo and all of these outlets, these activist outlets, and be like, oh, can you believe that they did that? How insensitive to Asian culture. I uh, know. Mm. Cultural appropriation, everything. Yeah. And it, oh, man. That's a whole other tangent to get on, but all right, so we need to move on. Yeah, um, I, I want to quickly go through a couple things that have happened in Afghanistan because... Yeah. Um, let's, let's run through this part. You know, Joseph... I tend to remember, maybe not on the show, but I've I've posted online in the past and talked about my feelings on Bi- uh not Biden, uh, on Obama's administration and a lot mm-hmm. of the things that he did, both using drones, 
um, and other things that he's done. And no one was talking about this stuff. You know, uh, a lot of people will throw the you don't know anything about history line at people. Well, Mm -hmm. apparently nobody understands their recent history because Obama is very well known for drone striking people and uh, killing lots of innocent people. And to be fair, it's probably the case for every president of the past 20 years. Ever ever since like our most recent efforts in the Middle East, uh, there is a certain amount of finger pointing that needs to mm-hmm. be uh, in the direction of the presidents. And, but all that David French heard was why not more drone strikes? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and to preface WWJD, there's, <laughs> there, there's a couple things that, that we need to talk about. So obviously we, we talked a lot about Afghanistan and the removal. And we mentioned at the top of the show that we are now officially out to whatever extent that really means. And again, We'll see we'll see over the next week what all of that really means and the stories that are coming out. But uh, this was from USA Today from last week, and I think his numbers are actually even lower than this at this point. Uh, Americans' harsh judgment on Afghanistan caused Biden approval down 41%. Uh, it, oh, yeah, so as of this time, this was like right after the show last week, so this was the, the 24th uh, of last week. He was at 60, uh, 62%-ish. Um, it says, the, oh, no, hang on. So he was down 41%, and I think he's even lower than that. He might even be in, like, the 40s now, like so like uh, 48%, 45% approval rating um, for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing for the Probably highlights that. Uh, is that uh, the people who were surveyed, 62% put the responsibility of Afghanistan war on George W. Bush. So thank you to that 62% of people for not letting him get away with that garbage. Yeah, um, right. Man, it, stuff irritates me. Um, half approved of, I think, Biden's pandemic, 39% of his handling of the economy, which is not very high at all. Uh, it's basically just the core Democrats. 39% is core Democrats who think the economy is okay. There's been some uh, some stats that have been run about that. I know I've seen Tim Pool post about it a few times where it's like if you tend to fall anywhere outside of normal Democrat voting uh, – you think the economy is not doing well, and all those right. people think the economy is fine for some reason. Whoever right, these right. people are, and wasn't that right at his inauguration? Like the Democrats thought, um, like at first uh, in 2019 and stuff, they thought it was good. Then at some point, um, as soon as COVID happened, they thought the economy was terrible, right? Yeah. And then it finally spiked up uh, back to normal range. As literally the day Joe Biden got elected. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sorry, the sus. day that Joe Biden. Uh, was inaugurated. Yeah. Uh, the the One of the other points was that Biden's decision to leave Afghanistan was approved by most Americans, which I agree with. I, I haven't talked to a single person who uh, immediately or after I explained to them why we don't need to be there anymore goes, oh, yeah, we definitely should be getting out of Afghanistan. Now yeah, I just right. need, It's I, kind of amazing that yeah. the Taliban won considering they didn't have any lawyers, consultants, diversity, gender, or HR inclusion teams like that. That is amazing. Like, but only only 26% of people approved of Biden's handling of the withdrawal, which I'd like to talk yes. to those people. Um, so I know that, oh man, this is such a, this is a hard, kind of a hard subject. Let me look at the show notes real quick to see if I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, this is a hard topic to some degree, and 
I just I want to be somewhat sensitive to it because I know that there are a lot of people who are in the military um, that I know personally and also, of course, that I don't know who are very much affected by what happened last week with the suicide bombings. Uh, ale- I, get, I, I don't know if they're alleged, um, but I think the reports are that it was uh, ISIS-K for whatever that is worth. Um, it, they're at least claiming that they are the ones that blew up uh, the civilians and um, the military members uh, last week. So, are there any other variants of ISIS they were claiming? <laughs> yes, there actually are uh, that I, I can't remember, and it's it's kind of crazy that both COVID and ISIS have all of these <laughs> these different variants. Listen, ISIS Z, Z. that's yeah. the final boss. No, 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 dude, Omega ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we got our show title. <laughs> Omega Isis. Omega Isis. Um, oh, okay, so... Where, <laughs> I don't even remember where it was. Oh, okay, so... I don't either. There's a lot of what I would consider to be... Uh, the government is sort of emotionally manipulating military service members in particular, but also a lot of uh, just your average civilians... Uh, and I actually started to get worried that the sentiment based on something that ISIS did would change about leaving Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that's not true. Um, and again, I, under- I I really do understand and feel for the people who lost people last week. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not to downplay that at all. But again, and it's something that people are going to have to come to over time, is this understanding that if we keep staying and and – with this this next thing that uh, Biden did over the weekend, the most I mean, you want to talk about the dumbest mistake you could make in this current situation. I I cannot think, and unless he he blew up a factory full of puppies, right? There's right. almost nothing he could have done that probably because Americans care more about ant, like dogs, I think, than they do about they do people, people. Unfortunately, but yeah, unfortunately. It, it's kind of the case. So over the weekend, um, they, the president and his, you know, the, whoever's over their, their whole drone, uh, drone strike program. Let's see if they actually give, see if WAPO gives a little more information about it. Um, oh my gosh. I don't want to subscribe to you. Seriously. You remember the story though? Yeah. It's a, uh, 10 civilians killed by us drone strike in cabal. Um, and six children. Yes. So they, they drone striked an area outside of cabal technically, according to one of the store, uh, the, the videos that I saw today. Uh, and they, and the funniest thing about that video, and I I don't mean this in a ha ha way, just like a shocking sort of way that the the initial report was the U S uh, like Homeland security, not homeland security, but like the military believed that this is the location of the people who planned the attack uh, at Cabal's airbase, right? And they took out senior members of right. ISIS. And then the yep. report literally goes, and they do not believe that there were any civilians who died in the drone strike. And then it turns out that they didn't get anyone yep. except for civilians, civilians and six children. And it, it's just one of those things that's like, I don't want to say I told you so. To all these, to like all these people out there, and like, don't get me wrong, like I have massive criticisms of Trump. For Trump, I mean, we've talked about him on the show all the time. But come on, like, hey man, go ahead, go ahead, because <laughs> yeah, all I have to go say ahead. is, build back better. 
back to normal. <laughs> and it, Evangelicals it, for Biden. Bro, I, I'm telling you, we've talked about this a little bit. I am very, very uh, passionate at this point about trying to convince Christians to separate themselves from the state. From the state. Yes, I am too. Very much in this realm now where I'm like, you need to get off of your knees and stop licking the boots of the government. You mm. need to stop taking them at their word for every little thing that they've done. And it's, it's stuff like this. It's like, okay, so you're telling me I should trust the government that says, believe us, we got the guys who did the attack. And then the story comes out that they blew up 10 civilians, including six children. Mm-hmm. And you go, they're totally trustworthy. You should completely yeah. believe everything that comes out of their mouths. They have no other intentions behind the stuff that they're doing. There's no, no one's trying to get rich quick off of anything the government right. is doing. It's, it's so, garbage. Otis, so what do you think, um, like, what's your, your quote unquote conspiracy theory for right. I put this why in the, show the military notes. left behind? So or wanted, what the military left behind? I wanted to pull this up. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch over to this screen. Um, Anarcho Christian, who if you guys aren't following, you need to follow him and also go check out his podcast because it's pretty great. Um, very like historically based and against sort of um, Christians being uh, just like step in toe with the government every step mm-hmm. of the way. Um, this this could be just a meme that's going around, but we're just gonna kind of take it as some kind of idea that you know of of the stuff that they left over there uh, i mean this comes from the times so if they did their reporting right this is this is something that is real uh 22 uh, roughly 22,000 uh humvees uh 634 uh m117s which looks like some sort of it's not a tank exactly, right? Right. It's not a tank. Um, um, it's basically another armored uh, vehicle. An armored vehicle. 155 Max Pro mine-proof vehicles. 169 M113s armored personnel carriers. Um, 40, oh, so, yeah, sorry. 4,200 pickup trucks and SUVs. No, 42,000. 42,000, excuse me. Yeah. You're right. 42,000. 42,000 pickup trucks and SUVs. I know, dude. By the way, are you aware, Joseph, that we are currently in a shortage of vehicles in the U.S.? Yes, <laughs> I am. And then on top of that, 64,000 machine guns. Machine 8, guns. Fully trucks. automatic. Yep. 8,000 like cargo trucks. <laughs> I love the next uh, one. 162,000 radios. <laughs> 16,000 night vision goggles and devices. 358,500 assault rifles, you know, uh-oh, the big bad AR-15s. Probably not the AR-15. No, it's a fully it's automatic. Bad. It's actual, yeah. fully, uh, yeah. People, people hear AR-15 and they think uh, assault rifle. That's not what it stands mm-hmm. for. Um, 126,000 pistols. And we're talking, with those pistols in particular, if they're the ones that I think that they are, uh, they're the new, I think SIG recently won the, uh, I'd have to. I'd have to look it up. I can't remember if it's SIG or not, but I think they won the contract to start manufacturing the pistols for uh, the army. So a majority of those are probably brand new SIGs that they just. Yep. A little over 100,000 of them that got left over there. Sorry, keep going. 
176 artillery pieces, 33 <laughs> helicopters, uh, 33, or I'm sorry, 33 M. M17 helicopters. Yeah, I think those are the uh, Blackhawks, right? Or is it the, no, 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 oh, the Blackhawks? 33 Blackhawks, 43 MD 530s, um, which the helicopter is not a big deal because unless you have trained personnel, you, the, I mean, you have to do maintenance. It's not going to last like, long. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in three days or something like that. Everyone's just talking um, about it because they're big machines. Yes. And literally, it's funny, right? Because no one's talking about that 358,000 assault rifles that they yes. left over there <laughs> are or, there are there that even that many afghans like does the taliban have that many people in their military i know right <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and then there's four c-130 transports 23 um uh, uh, uh what super tucano tucano uh fighter jets it looks like um 28 uh 208s 10 AC 208s and so you get the picture like a bunch of uh, it's like a a bunch of military equipment was left I think it was like 84 billion dollars was left over in Afghanistan and it's just like come on they don't want us to have hey, they don't want us to have assault rifles and machine guns <laughs> and all this stuff and they're giving them to our enemy if so this number down at the bottom says Afghan National Defense Security Force personnel mm-hmm uh, was about 300,000. So there were more assault rifles than there were people using them that got left yep. at the time. And I, I bet the Taliban, it's like at this point, Afghanistan may be one of the only other places in the world that has more guns than people living there. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the question that he poses is, true, is correct, like, which is, well, I mean, there's probably are more weapons there than there are people. I mean, it's probably true. That's how it is in America. There's like, I think, the double the amount of guns. Bro, the Taliban got a massive upgrade. So oh, they got a massive upgrade, dude. This, this leads to, whoops, let me. I should post on Instagram. Do I get the same rights as the Taliban? Yeah, no kidding. Um, you're right. And Anar Anarcho uh, Christian says, incompetence or tired of arming them covertly? Uh, it's probably a bit of both. I mean, this yeah. is, from what I've heard, this is the norm for the U.S. Army. So we spent $2 trillion dollars. And I think, does, did he have the num? Was there a number for the? Okay, so that graphic didn't have a number, but I, I've heard upwards of like ten billion dollars of equipment left, maybe even higher than that. Actually, it mm -hmm. may it may have been even higher. Um, so your tax money basically, and this is the craziest thing is like they're like, oh, it it went to arm the Afghan like the Taliban or whatever, and and the thing is, they're arming the Taliban they're leaving them there more than likely on purpose uh and the conspiracy theory that I've got is that they're they're doing it because the U.S. is still working with the Taliban everybody's out here calling calling these people terrorists and there's all this like misinformation going about <clears throat> going on out there where they're saying like oh the Taliban stoned this female pilot to death and people are like well where's your source and then you try to look it up and there's no information. It turns out it's based off of something that happened in like 2015, 2016. And it's not even accurate to some degree from the original story. Right. So there's that. Um, and, and the question, I guess, that you have to ask, everybody's got to ask themselves is like, what are, like, do you want us to just go back? Do you want us to continue this like thing? Would you want us to continue drone striking buildings because we think um, our quote-unquote enemies are in there just to continue to ki kill civilians, right? It's hard not to imagine that, you know, they got all, all the, and I'm completely 
for uh, rescuing everyone that we promised to way out to. But you would think yeah, you would them, make sure you get all of the Americans first, right? Yeah. Well, and um, it, it's funny because I had some somebody be like ask, um, and I want to I don't want to put them on the spot like that, but I had somebody ask me a couple of weeks ago. They were like, you know, why are they bringing all of the Afghans here or whatever? It's like, dude, it's because it's our problem. Like yep. maybe not you and I specifically, but. We were in their country for 20 years. We made allies with a lot of these people. So it is it is our problem because they can't stay there because they'll die. So the, the, mm-hmm. the, the question of morality, unfortunately, becomes, well, if we leave these people there, the Taliban is probably going to kill a lot of them because they see them as traitors or untrustworthy, right? And so the seemingly moral thing to do is to bring all of your allies to a safe area so that this does not happen to them because otherwise it is the fault of the military and the House and the Senate and the presidents from the past yep. 20 years when people die at this point. Like, it's not just Biden's fault and the current uh, military leaders for the deaths of those people last week. It's Bush's fault. It's the fault of all of the people who told us that we needed to stay there, right, after they let right. uh, bin Laden go. Uh, at the end of 2001, all of these things that have happened in Afghanistan over the last 20 years and everyone who was in charge who had multiple opportunities to get us out, we allegedly, and I'm just saying that because there's always these rumors going around that they didn't get bin Laden or it wasn't actually bin Laden and he's been dead longer than that. Um, we got him back in like, what, 2011? And then we just stuck yeah, around for another like 10 years? It's like... Obama Obama is as responsible as both Biden and Bush and Trump uh, for not the exact pullout, but for keeping us there that long that these people died. And how bad is it that Trump was, if you want to refer to like lives lost in Afghanistan, the better out of them? Yeah, because he he as far ended American the, lives. Let yeah, me clarify that. Yeah, and well, civilian. The, lives, the ceasefire was under Trump, so absolutely, yeah. he he deserves credit. He deserves credit for that. Where he doesn't deserve credit was the fact that he couldn't pull it off because he couldn't stand yep. up to the Pentagon. Exactly. Who just and they were just like, yeah, we're go not. ahead and yeah. Imagine how much popularity would have got him. Like if he if he's just thinking from a narcissistic point of view. Yeah. If he's like, no, screw you, I'm going to pull out. Yeah, you're all and fired. We're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. you're all fired. Who's going to help me get out? Yep. Because it, it didn't matter. That's because he's just a door. He's not as strong as people claim him out to be. No. Um, it's why, honestly, dude. He didn't I have a backbone when he needed to. Yeah. And I, I know that I have friends that would disagree uh, with me about this. And you are more than welcome to disagree, too. But whenever anyone's, like, posting memes about Trump and they're like, miss me yet or whatever, I'm just like, y'all didn't learn like yeah, he didn't right. st- listen, he didn't stand up as far as I'm aware. He didn't stand up and really speak out about the people who were in who got arrested on January 6th and who some of them are still in solitary confinement. Now, he's had a ton of rallies, so if someone can send me a clip of him like specifically talking about that, but as far as I know, he really hasn't said much about that. And I don't know if that's from like a perspective point of he's trying to distance himself from that because it it looks bad. Because maybe he's trying mm-hmm. to run again, 
but you're right. He's not the, this like strong man, this bull in the China shop that everyone believed him to be. He, right. he in a lot of ways is a picture of the, the, uh, I don't want to say toxic, toxic masculinity cause that's so overused, but sort of the fake masculinity that we were talking yeah, about the before. fake alpha masculinity. The fa- yeah. That fake alpha male masculinity where he says all these things, he's saying all the things that people want him to say. But the minute that like push comes to shove, he's got nothing. He's got yeah. almost absolutely nothing. And, and don't get me wrong by like, and this is the problem is everyone wants to play that comparison game. It's like, don't get me wrong. Biden doesn't. And I mean, there's like, news of North Korea starting up their nuclear uh, power plants again. So who knows what's yeah. going on with any of that? Like all, all of these nations around the world are looking at Biden. Like this dude is not it. Right. Which is something that you and I have been saying since the day he, he was pretty much declared. We were like, this isn't, this isn't what you guys think it's going to be. You don't, you don't know what you're talking about. It's if your only <laughs> choice is between Biden and Trump, Biden is objectively the worst pick. Yeah, yeah, if if those are your only two options, right? Yeah, if it was like gun to my head, had no choice but to pick one of the two, absolutely. There's, there's really isn't much of a choice, even before knowing about all of this stuff that that was going on with Biden. He has eight years of history under the Obama administration that nobody way more in the sense, way more of being racist and stuff like that. This is literally. Uh, everything the Democratic Party says they stand against when it comes to racism and stuff, right? So, I mean, and of course, like this, you know, whole pullout from Joe Biden, great. The, it's good that he got it done, but I mean, it was already popular. Trump was already going to do it. The setup was already there. It's not like he. And then he, um, he pushed it back for optics to September yep, 11th. And then he botched the withdrawal, you know? <sighs> yeah. And so. And I know Again, it's fully on him and he wants to say I'm the only, I'm the only president who's promised and gotten it done. But yet when it comes to criticism for how he handled it, he wants to spread the blame over 20 years. Yeah. So he again, Biden is also a poor example of the beta male of president. Oh, absolutely. Right. Deflect right. responsibility, um, being a coward, uh, being incompetent, uh, not being wise and not being smart um, in any capacity, in any capacity. Absolutely. Um, and he um, so. And, and I, I think that's man. that's the part. worst part is oh, sorry, are the Christians who argued to vote for him. Especially that's the worst part point. to me. Hey, he yeah. he just blew up six children. You guys still cool with him? You gonna you gonna vote for him again? And again, it's like I just want like I, I'm not sitting I, here. Saying you have to vote. That's you have to vote for Trump and put people here, right? Right. When you say that, about Biden. No, there are other options. There are other options. There are always and other again, options. For, uh, people. A president is not your savior. Mm-mm. A political party is not your savior, but you need to vote. And leaders, who we we need like uh, we really do need strong men and women in in leadership roles in our government who are the quote unquote heroes, right? who are all fighting together against this authoritarian and tyrannical rule, um, trying to overcome us. I would like to be proven wrong. I just don't see it happening. It's too, Ah, there's too much corruption. There's too much dirty money and blood money that's running through Washington. Um, I mean, there's a reason why in a lot of like ANCAP circles and a lot of these libertarian circles, especially the ones that are like not, we need to uh, decentralize the government as much as possible. They're like, they're murderers and thieves. 
because exactly. and, and this is the, this is my reasoning behind trying to push back against a lot of Christians that are constantly like, you know, uh, G- Jesus had the coin and he said, pay your taxes. So you should pay your taxes to be like, well, listen, when your taxes are going to blow up children in another country, it's like, do you not think that maybe there's a little bit of wiggle room for you to be like, hey, maybe I'm still paying taxes, but maybe I need to start speaking out about the way that our money's being used in the government. Maybe I need to be a little bit smarter and understand a little bit better the difference between Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. Maybe I need yeah. to understand how the the vaccines actually work. And so to say I'm all safe because I got double jabbed, maybe maybe you should remember that you can still carry the thing, right? There's exactly. just this stuff that I've heard specifically from I think it's the third one. Um, oh, well, hey, you know what? This is a great segue into the next section for, for, for the it. third thing that you're hearing a lot from uh, from Christians. So, oh Okay, Lord. I just want to make sure you're good to get into it right now. I'm good with it if yeah. you're good with it. The Apostle Paul okay, writes to the people of God. I'm getting ahead of myself. have new information yeah, now also oh, no. on the plane crash. No, shut up, everyone. Oh, you can play that Apostle- one again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Something uh, <laughs> Let me figure out. Dude, that the clip is too good. Here we go. That was so this is Russell Moore. That's all I know about this guy. Though I think he's... No, 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 no. That's not all. Russell Moore used to be part of the SBC. Right? Okay. And for those who don't know, there's kind of like a... I don't, I don't know if you could call it a schism... Um, but a divide that happened within those are basically uh, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. So there was a divide that happened with SBC essentially right right in the middle. And Russell Moore used to he was the eighth president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Oh yeah, um, okay. Which uh, was affiliated with the government in a capacity, um, <laughs> or utilize a lot of resources Hang on. means to influence the government. Go Hang ahead. on. Was Russell Moore part of the moral majority? Would he be considered, like, know. you know the, what I'm talking about, like under the Reagan administration yeah. and kind of into the Bush administration? Like that moral majority that was like trying to kind of push Christian ethics into government? I don't know. He was born in, he was born in 71, 49 years mm, old. So maybe, um, maybe not directly. Maybe not, but he may have been. Um, so we're talking about Russell Moore today. And yeah. I want to try to be as fair as possible. I got three clips, two of them that are short. One of them is a little bit longer because I kind of want us to – I want to try to be fair to him because he actually says a couple things that are true. And I was actually thinking about this while we were doing this, um, that the reason – right before we started because I was thinking mm-hmm. about these clips after I had edited them. The reason that I have the brain or the that my brain works the way that it does, when it, especially when it comes to people preaching – it's because of Patrick, mm-hmm. our buddy Patrick. Yes. Because he sat me down. And I, you might have been there for this one. I know he's done it to you. I know he's done it to you. I just don't remember if you were there the specific time he did this to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> we were at, I think we were at school, and he pulled up a clip of Joel Osteen. Now, for, for those of you that don't know, and I just want to preface this a little bit, I do not keep up with Christian popular culture nearly as much as some people do. Like, Again, I go, this is Russell Moore. He's a pastor somewhere because I don't really care who he is. It's like if he's saying dumb stuff, why am I going to pay that much attention to him, right? It's it's 
he's right. not it makes no difference generally in my life if I know everything about him or very little about him. Um, right. You know, there are obviously some, some people who have crossed my path like Furtick and um, Osteen and TD Jakes. Uh, and and it, it just kind of depends. And um, anyway, Patrick, uh, we were sitting uh, in like the, the common area or whatever. You remember that spot that we used to sit mm-hmm. to like right next to yeah, the, the bathrooms it. and all that. Sorry for everyone who has no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he sat me down one day and we were just kind of talking about like, uh, I think bad preaching styles or like people who are manipulative in the way that they approach sermons. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, he was like, well, let me show you an example. And he, I think he pulled up Osteen and he would play a couple, he would play like, he, he had one in mind, like a specific clip in mind that he wanted to show me. And he just like he play a little bit of it and be like, so what did he say right there? You know what I mean? And he broke it down and and like we went along. So unfortunately, for the sake of a majority of my friends that I go to church with now uh, and all of you listening, uh, this is just the way that my brain works. Um, so people will say things in sermons and I'm like, well, hang on. I'm like, where are you getting that from? Uh, right. And I'm not always right. And I want to be fair to people. I think if you're making a fair point in a sermon, that should be called out. But the, the question is, in the overarching sermon that you're giving, are you is are you making a fully uh, like gospel-centered point, or are you being uh, manipulative or taking things generally out of context for the sake of right. some sort of agenda? Fitting your point. And I right. think I think Russell Moore, especially in this clip, it, it, the whole thing was about eight minutes. Um, it's, it's, you know what it is? I think you could, to, to be in a sense, I, cause I think you are right, but also to be charitable to more. What I think it is, is what we talk a lot about when you do exegetical preaching, which is you take a certain passage from the Bible and you just preach on what's there in a simple way Yeah. versus top topical preaching and topical preaching can be more dangerous because then you look into the text to find what you're looking for according to yeah. your topic. Sometimes. Uh, or you're like... Even um, though it may not be there. Or you're like some preachers who will read a passage and then they'll just go on a thing for 45 minutes, never returning to the passage, which drives yes. me crazy. I don't care who's doing it. It's it's always driven me crazy where it's like, you know, you're like half an hour into something and you're like, is he going to get back to the original passage? Like, is he going to talk about this stuff or is he just kind of going on about whatever comes to mind, Um, which I see more often. And I I don't like it because it feels uh, watered down, I think Mm -hmm. is is the case. Um, There's anyway, you know, let's let's get into it because we're going to run out of time uh, beforehand. So let me me play this first play this first clip. Make sure. The Apostle Paul writes to the people of God and says, if you've really been transformed, if you've really been brought in by this gospel, then that's going to change the way that you see things, including the way that you see yourself in relation to other people. And that means that really what we're dealing with here are three questions. And there are three questions that could not be more relevant in the kind of American society that we are in right now that is riddled with division, 
riddled with racism, riddled with injustice, riddled often with hatred for one another, and often infected with a kind of of racism and a kind of racial animosity that is more subtle than it would have been at other points in American history, which means it could be even more dangerous. Okay, so that's the first clip. Joseph, what immediately stands out to you? (laughs) He says that racism is, uh, what does he say, is subtle but everywhere? Yeah. He seems to believe that things are just as bad as they've always been, but secret. Yes, but now it's secret. But now it's like, and and I didn't clip this part, but he says- So I would ask- Sorry, go ahead. I would ask him. I'm sorry. I, I, need, I wanted to say I would ask him based off of what you just said, yeah. or what uh, what he just said. Does that mean you don't believe in systemic racism? Because if it's, if it's subtle, if it's secret, then it's not detectable. Right. I don't. And, and okay. We. I have to, he's he's talked about. He's been pro systemic uh, racism. Well, and to I, I use an easy phrase. If if you're talking and and this is why I don't like the phrase. If you're talking about state racism, I can generally get on board with that. Yep. If you want to say, well, the state has been very racist towards not only blacks, but, you know, we talked about internment camps earlier because they're mm-hmm. like, well, you're Japanese, so clearly you're the enemy. So we're going to throw you in camps. By the way, most of that happened on the West Coast. Um, yep. th- there's been a lot of that. And so if you're talking about this systematic racism, that's well, I, systemic and systematic are different, but. Um, if you're talking about the systemic racism that's coming from the state level, that's essentially been authorized by the state, we can get behind that, right? Oh yeah, easily. We could have a conversation about some of that and and maybe figure out the areas that we agree. The problem is, and this is common with his ilk, um, people who are constantly talking about this. The, there's this phrase that I've started to see go around that that's the like the the war on racism, and I'm like, oh lord, another one. It's like we have, to, we have no, no, the, the war, war on terrorism, <laughs> the war on drugs, now the war on racism. Um, I, I, I'm at oh, the point man. now where if anyone says the war on blank, I just want to run away from them. I'm like, you're not someone I want to really associate with. That being said, yeah, they do this thing uh, where they're like. Okay, so racism exists, but it's hidden. And then you go, okay, well, can you give me an example of it? Well, it's hidden. It's not easy to detect. And you're like, so you you don't have an example? You know, and then they want to go like, and then you go, even if the example was something like, well, January 6th, and you go, but that wasn't hidden. (laughs) Like, even if you're (laughs) right, like that was not in secret. (laughs) Yes. And, and so it's one of those things. It's like first, of, and, and he does something interesting here. And then we'll move. Who on are to, you talking about, too? Yeah, exactly. The the question you have to ask of this stuff is like, who are you talking about? It's like if you're if you're like it's it, the same you, thing with Beth Moore. Yeah, it's like oh, white and supremacy. Ironically, they had the same last name. Yeah, they're like white supremacy is rampant throughout the church. You go okay. Well, can you give an example? Who if there if if there who? is if there are people in leadership within churches that are white supremacists, it is your duty to call them out. Right. To tell like to, you should you should let us know so we do not listen to those people anymore. Yes, if you're but correct. They can't. No, yeah. no, they can't. But they, they all, what they do, what they this is what they do. They like to go to like the handful, like again, like I said, the one or five percent that are like that. Sure, I mean it exists. But then it'd be like if I went to Black Liberation Theology and said, "Look, what Black people teach." Yeah, 
Yeah, All it's, black people it's, it's very that. similar. So the other that, thing that's exactly they, so they cast a general burden upon the entire, if you want to say, white base of, and I hate even to say that, um, but the white base of Christianity and trying to encompass everyone within that that is white when yeah. that is disingenuous, it's manipulative, it's dishonest, it's not true. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Yeah, go it's, ahead. It's, it's putting a burden on a group of people that are just kind of like, wait, where are you getting this from? Like, what? It's like, what? How, you know, what's your standard for this? Um, the other yes. thing that's kind of weird is that he starts that out before he even gets to the like hidden racism or secret racism or whatever. Um, he's, he's talking about like, Oh, the country is like full of all these things. And you're like, yeah, man, that's literally like, Oh, you know, he's like, Oh, the, the country is full of hate and it's full of this and it's full of that. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, one of the things he doesn't mention is war. Or sort of yes. like the the military industrial complex just never gets mentioned yep. by Christians for some reason. I, I I still don't. I have theories about that, but I still don't completely understand it. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next clip. Uh, this is pretty soon after that. I, I left out just some of his like long pauses and and other things, but let's get to this next section. Let me interpret something for my fellow white people in the room. Mm, so he's who sometimes, unfortunately. When we read a passage like this, assume that the Jewish people are the white people and the Gentiles are everybody else. Okay. Who? <laughs> He's thinking that. I have a, never okay. read the Bible and thought I was the Jewish people and then minorities were the Gentiles. Or just everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it would be minorities yeah, well, in that yeah. case. It would be. That's what he's implying. So okay. so what it seems to me, what it projects to me, is that Russell Moore has thought this. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's not just that, but it's also a straw man. Yeah. It's that, you know, it's that meme. Oh, it definitely is a straw man. Yeah, it's that that meme of the, stra- the, the, the straw, and it's got the thumbs up, and it's like, no one actually said this. <laughs> and um, tell people, tell people what a straw man um, fallacy is David. okay so a straw there are people who don't know okay if i was going to give you my like layman definition of it a straw man argument yeah. is when someone makes an argument about where they say they said this and they give you an example of the of something that they that something someone said to them mm-hmm. that it's clear no one ever said to them or it, it's yes. like um uh, they distort it or exaggerate it in like some type of embellishment yeah. or extreme way, and then they attack a good the extreme distortion um, it, as if that's what the person is making a claim in the first place. Yeah, it's like uh, if you were to say, well, you know, I heard that. You know, uh, you make you can humans basically- contribute to. Uh, uh, that pollution from humans contribute to climate change. Yeah, for I was gonna say, you put me on the spot, and now I'm like, Fing. yeah. And then, and then you think that, <laughs> and so then, you know, the second person would say, so you think humans are directly responsible for extreme weather like hurricanes and have caused the droughts in the southwestern U.S. If that's the case, maybe you know we just need to go to the southwest and perform a rain dance. Or another example would be, uh, I have some questions about the vaccine. Um, I'm, I'm I, I, I want to wait before no, I no, get no, no, it. No, 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 it's, oh. it's it's better than that. So it's it's you know what it is. It's when someone goes, uh, all of all of these people who don't want the vaccine believe that there's a chip in it. That's a straw man argument. Yes, because yep. nobody said that. I mean, yeah. and if okay, and here's the thing with a straw man argument, 
there might be like two people, right? Yeah. But Again, they take a handful that of and they apply it as the argument for their case against a certain thing, right? So yeah. what he's doing is a straw man argument because he's saying, um, let me speak to all the white people in the room. Uh, you all believe that you're the Jews in the story. And you go, what? I've never said that. Now, if I can, let me let me put a, li- a little bit of a of, of a little bit of context uh, into the way that I think you should be interpreting this, right? And I'd also like to know who's he talking about as far as Jews? Is he talking about Jews in the Old Testament? Mm. Because my argument to Jews him, Jews in the New Testament. My argument to him, if he's talking about the Old Testament is that the Jews are an image of people. Yes, I am not actually the Jews in the Old Testament, right? But the story of the Jews is a human story. It's about Mm -hmm. people who didn't follow after God, who believed that an idol or kings or whatever the case may be was enough to satisfy them and they turned away from him. They were punished for that. And then God uh, redeemed them, right? That is the story right. literally up to and after Jesus. Right. Right? It's it's leading up to Jesus, and then you see the exact same, same thing happen, and then it becomes essentially for all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the gospel. So he's being disingenuous on a couple of different levels because, for one, he's saying, like, well, white people, you're not the Jews. And it's like, well, right. Like, I I see that. But what you're saying is not something that anyone has said where it's like, well, when I re- like I've never, ever heard anyone, never heard say, anyone say that when I a white person or who who else. Right. And this is an interesting this what? is an interesting it, point because I've seen people post memes about that. Like he's literally uh-huh. quoting a meme. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I sent it to you. I can't remember if it was someone f- like from the old like one one six crew or whatever that was like. Uh, has anyone ever considered that maybe they they weren't the Israelites, they were the uh, Babylonians oh, yeah. or whatever? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes. Oh, man. What's funny, though, is that if he's referring to, which I don't think he's referring to, uh, I guess it would depend on your definition of an extreme form of racism, um, like such as the Aryans, right, society and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, the Nazis and everything. Uh, but with them, they don't like Jews. So they wouldn't be thinking themselves as the Jews. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's, dude, I'm telling you, I think to some degree, whether if it's that's inten- what he's meaning as racism, I yeah. should say, if it's intentional or not, when they say racism, they just mean that white people don't like black people. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with other races, right? Because we've gone over this before right. with the like stop Asian eight thing. And you keep seeing, and I don't know if it's, if it's a, uh, confirmation bias but mm. ever since then really any time that you see a story about an asian getting like the crap beat out of him it's usually a black person yeah and it's not to, to it say that all way, black people what beat up asians right yeah no. it's just saying like no. there seems to be a disproportionate number of either these stories that are specifically about someone who's black beating up someone who's asian or maybe there's something deeper going on there and and there yeah. should be room to have that conversation, but there's not because what, what's, you know, yeah. Go what's ahead. weird is that, you know, Russell Moore and the other tight when they, when they speak on racism, 
they're only speaking to a certain group of people. They're yeah. not speaking to everyone. No. And David, I want to I want to read something that I didn't know if I should I was, wait until afterwards. Hang on, can I say Go one ahead. thing? Yeah. You know why he probably wasn't speaking to black people? Did you Go see ahead. did you see his handler sitting behind him? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm totally joking. But there's this like black guy sitting behind him, just staring at him. <laughs> uh, he's doing the sermon. So I can't see the video, so oh, I don't my see bad. it. Uh, no, you're good. Yeah, this um, stuff. Our setup needs some work. <laughs> so ahead, this man. is what Ephesians says again: the value for value model, people. If time, talent, treasure, uh, help make our setup better. But so <laughs> Ephesians chapter two, starting in verse eleven. Uh, Therefore, remember. That at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise. Or, you know, as Russell Moore would read this, he wasn't alienated from the commonwealth of Israel because he was Israel. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances and he might create that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, um, and might reconcile us both to God and one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Hmm. So again, that, you know, the next verse is, and he came and preached peace to you who were once far off and peace to those who were near. Yeah. Um, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. So, you know, we go, he goes on again and again to talk about how, you know, Jews and Gentiles, everyone, and he says it elsewhere in the Bible, mm-hmm. slave, free, Jew, Gentile, Every- numerous times, that we're all one in Christ. Mm-hmm. And right here, it's funny because Russell Moore ju- is like right in the preface of what he's saying. It's talking about how there's division and stuff like that. And then his <laughs> neck, his segue <gasps> is more division. <laughs> my, my battery just died on my camera. <laughs> oh, man. We can still continue though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. Uh, let me <laughs> let me hide us, and I'm just gonna play this. You, let me play this last clip, okay? Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, here we go. We'll 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 finish this last part pretty quick, and then close out. <laughs> All right. The gospel is starting here in the Middle I do have East. To pause this a little is bit. going out into Africa. It's going to be a while before it gets to Britain. So when we're talking about Jew and Gentile, we're talking about the fact that all of us just about in this room are those who are the newcomers who have been grafted on to the people of God. Which is the point you just made. Yes. So, again, like I was saying before, I don't want us to be 100% disingenuous towards Russell Moore. um, Mm -hmm. Because to some degree he knows what he's talking about. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's a smart man. The problem is, is that he's fallen into what I would personally call a statist ideology with this whole mm-hmm. like uh, with like BLM and critical race theory and this belief that like white people are inherently racist and they can't help it. <clears throat> yeah, he's been deceived by worldly philosophy. Exactly. All right. 
all of us here. He says, I want you to know that these people, the long-standing people of God and the new-coming people of God, are all part of one body. That is the mystery of the gospel. And what the good news of the gospel is, is that God takes heaven and earth and reconciles heaven to earth. God takes God and man and reconciles God to man. And God takes people Hang on, David. from every tribe. Okay, go ahead. I just had a question. Are any of this these racist people in his audience? Oh, I don't know. Is it like, who is he preaching to? Before he, hang on, let me pull this up. I got, before. <laughs> I, w- I would This assume. is before he exited the, hang on, I want to see where he's preaching this to. I just had that question because it's like, why are you preaching this message unless you think all the, you know, uh, a significant portion of the well, white people. Listen. Um, that's okay, so this is before his exit from the SBC Ethics and Religious he delivered this message on re- racial reconciliation at Ed Lin- uh, Litton's Redemption Church in Mobile, Alabama. Oh, so Ed, Lit- Ed Litton so is behind SBC. Ed Litton's his handler. Oh, oh dude. Yeah, that's what's This going is on. at the new SBC president's church. Okay. That is too great. Makes sense. So now mm-hmm. I can take from this copy. I'm going to post it on Twitter and Instagram. Russell Moore thinks they're a racist at Ed Litton's church. Okay. So... <laughs> Here's the thing, though. To answer your first question about who is he preaching to, if it's hidden, right, and it's like racism is secret and it's hidden, then the only way to get to the people that he needs to is to just widespread the net, right? So he's just casting out the net, hoping he happens to hit one of these allegedly racist people that might possibly could be in this audience in Alabama. Yeah. That would be my answer. (laughs) All right, I'm going to keep going. Okay, go ahead tongue, nation, and language, and reconciles them to one another. Why? Because he is giving us a project that's going to take trillions and trillions and trillions of years that he has given to us together. Now, one of the things that tends to come up is any time that we start talking about issues of race, and issues of what it means to be a reconciled body. There are always going to be people starting to get uncomfortable about that. White people. And they're going to say, why do we have to talk about that? That's so hard and that's so difficult and it could be a distraction. Let's instead just concentrate on the gospel. I recognize that tendency. Okay, hang on. You heard what he just said, right? <laughs> Hang on, time out. Yes. <laughs> so he's going on this whole spiel about secret racism, about reconciling, like being one, all of this, and then he's saying, "Oh, well we we need to um like talk, like oh, everyone gets upset when we talk about racism and he's just talking about white people, right? Like we know that's the what he's doing. Again, you could almost take that as a straw man argument of he's just creating this image of an individual who he's throwing all of these characteristics onto, who may or may not be a real person, right? Um, right. <clears throat> and and then he's like, why can't we just focus on the gospel? It's like, yeah, dude, well, why are you talking about all this then? It's like, because, yes, there are certain things that need to be dealt with, but 
this is this is the point that I get to a lot, and you and I have talked about this. We talk about it all the time. The church is a collective, but it's a it's a collective that's made up of individuals. And pastors mm-hmm. and leaders have this tendency to constantly forget. And I'm sorry, I might be straw manning just a little bit with this argument, but I've seen this right because he's doing this, um, and and I, uh, I've seen it in in the past uh, with leadership where they take the collective and they forget about the individuals. It's this concept that you see in churches a lot of time where it's like, it's very welcoming, but there's also this big open back door where people are constantly falling out um, because the collective has a tendency to be more important than the individuals who make up that collective, the individual problems and the individual needs of each person that's a part of your church. It's not about the numbers, but secretly it's about the numbers. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) exactly. All right, Uh, are we cool to keep going? Yeah, go ahead. Because when I was first starting out in ministry, just right down the road here in Biloxi, Mississippi, there was a young woman who came to see me and she said, I want to be baptized. And I said, okay, well, before we talk, why do you want to be baptized? And she said, well, you know, when I was a baby, I was baptized at this church and then a little bit later I was baptized at that church and then I was baptized over here at this uh, cult group and then when I was 11, I was baptized over here at this other group of uh, this other religion and she said, I've got all of these baptisms and she said, the way I look at it, nobody knows which of these religions is right. And so I just want to make sure that if there's a God, that I've got all of these things covered. Why are these people laughing? Uh, maybe I'm being a little too judgmental here. But he's telling this story about this woman who's clearly confused, clearly doesn't have direction. And she's like, I legitimately think, if this story is true, by the way, which I'm mm-hmm. not totally convinced that it is. Maybe he, maybe he is telling the truth here. But he tells this story, right? And the reaction of the audience, you can hear a lot of them out there, is to start laughing. Yeah. At a woman who's seemingly coming to him for help. Yep. Okay. I said, okay, well, that's not what I'm here to do. So I started talking to her about what the gospel was, about what sin is, about what repentance is, about what faith in Jesus Christ is. And she said, well, wait, 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 before you go any further, she said, let me just tell you what the, what the deal I'm looking for is. She said, the deal I'm looking for is I want to be able to get drunk every weekend, smoke a little bit of weed, have sex with my boyfriend, and go to heaven. And I said, well... The Bible says that's the deal that everybody's looking for. Pause it right there. Yeah. I think what he's doing is I I doubt that the woman came to him and said all those things. Maybe she did and he's telling the truth. Probably more what it was is through conversing with her and stuff like that. He gleaned from her. Mm. That's what she wanted. And so now he – so for the sake of this sermon, he created a caricature. He's embellishing. Yeah, he's embellishing it or – uh, I guess that's what would be what a creating a caricature of it or a short form of it to say, hey, she basically came and said this to me. So, and and we'll we'll finish it up in a second, and f- feel free to to chime in on on this too. But I I 
it, it seems to me, right, if this story mm-hmm. is true, that he would... And again, I don't know Russell Moore. Um, it, it seems that you would maybe have a bit more of a somber approach to talking about someone who is as lost as, and confused as this woman Yeah, is. dude, that's kind of what... I, I, I was gleaning from it like I mean I get when you like I preached before I haven't said the 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 things I wish I have said right I'm not perfect and everything yeah and I always pray Thanks. like before I preach I openly to everyone like God protect them from any error from me and stuff like that sure right but man I just I can't imagine being someone in the audience who's not a believer who may be just like that woman and now being like it's demeaning. I yeah, and maybe maybe this is me to putting me. putting my like but maybe I'm over criticizing. Sure, and more. yeah, maybe it's me. Putting I don't think my, I am. I think that's a fair criticism. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it's me putting my like thoughts onto like the crowd or whatever. But you know mm-hmm. when he says, "Well, this girl wanted to sleep with her boyfriend, smoke weed all the time, get drunk on the weekends, and still have Jesus," and everyone else, oh, it it seems to me that the reaction to at least part of the audience out there is like, "Oh, how stupid can you be to think that." Right, like, oh, yeah. don't you know anything? It's like, well, no, duh, she clearly doesn't, right? Yeah, she's exactly. uh, this woman. If she's real, is obviously confused. Um, yep. And I'll, I, it's it's a it's a topic for another time, but the we you care for every wife. I mean, every life, womb to tomb, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it there's this tendency, and again, like I said, this is a topic for another time, really, with pastors and it's something you know speaking of things that like oh people want like are kind of like searching for for certain things that they want out of like a pastor or sermon or like in in this case allegedly what this woman was looking for out of like a christian faith mm-hmm. there's this need for pastors to think that they need to be funny they need to have this yeah. like comedic aspect because they're on stage and and this has been something that's probably been pre- prevalent for both of our most of our lives like you've always known that pastor mm-hmm. it's like oh he's the funny pastor he's the comedian and it's just kind of one of those things that's like I don't know if that's really what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> like if, yeah. if if your if your audience is spending like a ton of time laughing while you're trying to like preach the gospel to them I'm like maybe you're not being as effective as you think you are uh, right. And I know comedy can be used for levity because sometimes subjects can get very serious, but sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes. Yeah. And it's a good way to catch someone's attention to, to make sure, you know, they're, they're listening and paying attention and stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But when it's something that's dominant, it's just a weird, frequent, it, when I heard this, it felt the weird overriding to me. theme. Yeah. It felt yeah. weird to me that these people were laughing about this woman struggling. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah, I actually, you know, TJ, uh, TJ, the pastor at my church, he his um, sermons are theologically rich, like the, the, uh, in depth in the Bible. Uh, and he does uh, typically, you know, uh, use humor throughout his sermon. But it's not in a sense that's distasteful. It, like any type of humor he does is self-deprecating to himself. Right. So yeah. at least if you are going to have humor at least make it in that sense rather than uh, at someone else's expense. Right, because if you're doing it at someone else's expense, unless, like, you have permission from the person, like, hey, I want to tell mm-hmm. the story about us or, you know, this time, like, thing about you. Like, I've told, I've used an example of this. This is, like, something that's always kind of prevalent in my mind. Um, I actually, 
talked about this a couple weeks ago with some people. Is there, there was this one time that you and I are sitting in the kitchen when we were in college and you were telling mm-hmm. me the story and I stopped you in the middle of it and I explained to you the way that you tell stories and your inability to get to the point. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yes. I can't remember Bird. why it got brought. Like, I think what it was, because you're, you're way better about this than you were. I mean, this was 2013, 2014, something like that. Yes. So it's been years since this happened. But so I think we were we were talking about sort of like, the way people communicate and like in, in group mm-hmm. or something like that. And I don't, I don't think I mentioned you by name, but I was like, I had this roommate and I, I told him the story and I was like, you do this thing. And I kind of created the hump with my hand where you go up and over and you finally get to your point. And what I told you is like, I want you to go from here and just cut straight across to your point. <laughs> it was like most of the time. Um, like, I am terrible. At, I used to be really terrible at telling stories. I've yeah. gotten better. Oh, you've definitely gotten, you've definitely gotten better. I've gotten to blow average. <laughs> All that to be said, um, I think I'm just going to stop it here. He goes on and kind of finishes that, and he makes a couple other points. If you're listening, the whole section of this, it's like eight or nine minutes, is in the show notes. Feel free to listen to it. Feel free to make your own um, judgment as to uh, this. But we put this in there um, because this just is it, – it's becoming so prevalent uh, in the yes. church. Um it's one of those things that I don't know. It's really starting to like rub me the wrong way a little bit. Um, yeah, well, the, the problem is, is that a lot of it is from and like what he's essentially saying, what, what he gets as far as like racism being every, everywhere. I assume what he would say, right. I would have to ask him, maybe he wouldn't say this, but I would imagine he's talking about implicit bias. Like everyone has implicit bias let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. Every white person has implicit bias um, <laughs> is what Russell Moore would probably say. And that's where he's getting this racism from. But and I have this in the short show notes. I knew this back in high school in my sociology class because we actually took the Harvard test, Ooh. the implicit association test. And then we went over it as an entire group in class. Um, and then we went over the next study that proved the, I think we took it, we took the, we took it at the beginning of the week and then we took it at the end of the week and our results were completely different. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so then we went over the study that disapproved implicit bias association. Um, And just to kind of like give an idea there, there's multiple studies. Um, But another one just came out that said that implicit bias has a low test and retest reliability. Um, it gives different results each time you take it. It doesn't predict behavior. Implicit bias training doesn't change behavior. And highlighting implicit biases has negative side effects. So, again, I really don't think that, again, David and I aren't saying that racism doesn't exist. It does. But, it, and again, we think at a state level that it does exist, right? Um, yeah. Or that it has existed. We can say it like that. And it's lingering. It has I mean, existed. Yeah, before. the effects of it are still around to some degree, whether it's um, something that's still, still is just like, mm-hmm. you know, racist, or it's just something like the the no man in the house laws that were, were placed on uh, black families back in like the 60s, whenever welfare really started um, taking over. Yeah. 
or the Jim Crow theories and stuff like that. Some of that stuff still lingers today, and it it may not be like the, the the people may not be like actual racists, but those those laws um hurt a lot of families right the, the fact that there aren't fathers in the household especially in in black households but it, it has kind of spread to uh the rest of the u.s um mm-hmm. it, it causes a lot of problems especially for like young boys in the household um yeah something david and i believe because of like listening through to mofax and other people as well uh, but one thing mofax talks a lot about Mr. Mofax, let me phrase that. Mr. Mofax. Yes. Emphasis on the Mr. Yeah. Um, uh, is that uh, black people typically hold the door open for all the other races. Yep. Um, and so. No man in the house. We want to be aware. Crack. Yeah. All those kinds of things. Sorry, go ahead. War on drugs, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so we want to be aware of that. At the same time, um, racism exists on the individual level and the only means by which to change that is through the gospel um it's like the daryl david or the jesus christ approach the and from that uh you know uh, there's nothing new under the sun that applies both for good and for bad and daryl davis going to people who are literal racist and convincing them it's ironic because daryl davis said of you know he has like over 200 and something uh, KKK members robes. His, their uh, and it's a very, by the way, people, KKK uh, um, is a very, very small minority in uh, America as they should yeah. be. I don't, I think there's like less than like 5,000 members in the KKK yeah. officially. Right. Well, no, something like that. Those clips. Yeah. It's, it's less than a percent of the population. I think at this point, yeah. um, those clips came from woke preacher clips who I kind of like was thinking about, uh, recently. And I was like, I really want to like, you know, be on that dude's radar a little bit more. And then maybe one of these days mm-hmm. we'll get a chance to interview him. I'm assuming yeah. it's a guy. Um, I could be totally wrong. It could be a woman, which would be really yeah, interesting David. too. Um, it's probably Mo. It would be really funny if it's Mo. (laughs) (laughs) He's just got this other account that nobody knows, the secret account. Um, so, you know, but thanks, thanks to, um, uh, woke preacher clips for, you know, literally supplying just handfuls of great content that I, that I hope that Joseph and I are going to be able to, to use a little bit more. Um, and yeah, we just, listen, the, the whole show for us it's about deconstructing media, right? And so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about things that are more politically or socially driven on that end. We're going to talk about media as far as stuff with Marvel or what whatever's going on there and really trying to deconstruct a lot of that. Um, and then we're going to do the same thing with pastors that we think are headed down a wrong path. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. topics we didn't get to, to today is to, to kind of talk more about um, sort of like Rona and the way that people are uh, churches are, what would you say, um, reacting to this sort of like new world that we live in, this new, yeah. this new way of life, new normal, whatever you want to call it, um, and sort of the dangers of some of the things that they're doing. So we're hoping to get get to that next week because that's, I mean, we went long this week. Uh, yeah. So I mean, if we went on that, this thing would be like three and a half hours if we got into that uh, topic. So Joseph, is there anything else you wanted to say before we close out? Not, that's it. Don't forget to share this on social media. That's the best thing that you can do. If you if you like our podcast and you support us, 
Uh, that's the best thing that you can do. But you can also donate. If you get any value out of this, uh, you can uh, donate um, your time and your talent as well, with artwork, editing, um, so on. And then don't forget to download this uh, so that we can keep track to who is listening. Um, and it's not an exact science, but it kind of helps us gauge who is and who isn't. Yeah, and it's, it's working pretty well. You know, we're we're ranging around 15 people that are downloading it every week. Um, so thank you guys seriously to the people who are listening, and especially if you're making it all the way to the end. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for this week, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, horsemen, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and latch to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Looking at the technological advances, I used to be on dial up looking for answers. Now what underappreciating was candid, and 20 years later we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros, now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow Now people got more options on the table, gotta post Social media, got us connected as ever on every medium Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this Communication is error and still the devious Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate Cause idiots get heebie-jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you Try to ruin your whole life, cause you say what they dislike God forbid y'all disagree without a fight the type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward, let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave for you or the oil, they annoy you. You add another's neck for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full blown seasons. Man, you let politics ruin, or rather, control. Your whole life, man, you gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. Sad.